Irishay, um, all that. Um, <laughs> we don't have time for any of that silliness. It's the uh, 8-4 Play podcast. Hi. Um, I'm your host, Mark Gaming Jesus MacDonald, at MarkMacD on Twitter. Mm. And uh, not a lot of time today and a lot to get through, JJ, so let's cut the shit okay. and get to it already. Right. Um, that is uh, JJ OP JP. <laughs> well, wait. Epperson. The, OP JP. Oh, OP JP. <laughs> yeah. Uh, OP, your nickname was going to be OP for the whole uh, original post yeah. thing that we had uh, earlier, but uh, decided right. on JP for, for James Pond. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> big, big fan of the James Pond series. I rented both uh, James Pond games when I was a little kid and hated them both. I don't know why I got really? them both. Yeah. So why aren't you just excited about the potential in the next-gen systems? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. James Pond is a flagship character for... Are they never, making a new James Pond game? There was one on the DS recently, apparently. Oh, God, was there really? Yeah, unfortunately. It Either. looks like it was a remake, but uh, anyway. Awful, terrible, terrible. Uh, that voice you just heard, John Cherry Blossom Ricciardi. <laughs> I can give you that. Cherry Blossom, yes. Hi. What do you want to explain? Do I want to explain? We had a big cherry blossom party. I'm guessing that's why you... Yeah, well, what's blossom? a cherry blossom party? I'm not from Japan. Yeah. I would know your strange ways. What's a cherry blossom? <laughs> and but a fro- frozen caveman lawyer. <laughs> well, here in the future, in Japan, uh, post, post-earthquake post elliptic Japan, um, in uh, April, I guess, the cherry blossoms bloom for like two weeks. Mm. And an uh, instant. everybody goes out and has hanami parties, which is, I guess, literally like flower viewing flower viewing parties right. uh, where we just have like a giant ass picnic under you get drunk basically under the yeah. trees yeah with drinks and food and more drinks and lots of pretty flowers right. raining down flowers that you don't even look at <laughs> for the most part yeah but it's nice when they when they like fly through the air like snow they come they yeah. really do yeah mm-hmm. yep. one flower we do look at uh, Hiroko, <laughs> teach me how to snuggie Minamoto. <laughs> Hello. Proud recipient uh, for her recent birthday. Wish her happy birthday a little late on Twitter, everyone, if you like. Um, that's Ooh. What's your Twitter name? Hiroko84. Um, and we at the office, in addition to real gifts, mm-hmm. give ourselves our due, we got you a very special gift. Very yeah. special. From America. Mm-hmm. What was that? It was a zebra Snuggy. Yes. <laughs> Don't look so excited. <laughs> she's holding it she, right yeah, now. She's right Actually, here yeah. as, as we speak. Yeah. Yes, I am. So oh, we, you've, she's gotten more mileage out of it in the last week than I thought you, we would have seen her get out of it in like <laughs> yeah. a year. Well, so explain why you got a Snuggy and sort of your thought process, what you thought getting a Snuggy, what you uh-huh. think now, why we got you a Snuggy. Before report. Yes. Yes. Okay, so um, we don't have time for a lot of stuff, but we we're gonna make time for the snuggy, <laughs> for the snuggy stories. Okay, so um, originally, so where did it start? So Wintern was yeah. um, explaining me what a snuggy is. Former eight four uh, intern um, Chris Wintern is though. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so, and he was showing me what a snuggy is on the PC, and I was like, okay, that looks like some. Some I don't know, like I didn't like it. A wizard like robe, right? A wizard yeah. robe. It looks like a wizard robe. For God's sake, if you don't know what a snuggie is, maybe you're listening. You're one of our <laughs> many British listeners, <laughs> or are we have some listeners in Africa? Sure. Um, go Google snuggie. Um, be- pause right now. Pause the podcast. <laughs> 
Google Snuggie because it's going to make a lot more sense once you do. And then, yes. And your life will be more fulfilling. Yeah, very much so, yeah. Yeah. And to so be... you were excited from the moment you saw it. You were like, this is fashion. This is the future. This is the Snuggie. Uh, no. <laughs> it was actually the opposite. Oh, right. So, you were like, this is what fat Americans wear <laughs> because they're too lazy to fucking t- put on their sweatpants. <laughs> right? I didn't say that, but... That's what you were thinking. Mm. That's what you thought. Yeah. You, didn't, you thought it in Japanese, but basically right. that is the rough equivalent. Okay, yeah, something like that. <laughs> but you were thinking, mm. would, were I to get a Snuggie... Mm-hmm. Uh, I would want a leopard or zebra print. <laughs> right? Of course. Yeah. Just to, just to go on about this a little bit more, we're going to have to make a designation for the Snuggie talk right? Right. in the show notes. But this had been in the plan in the in the works for weeks. When I was back in America before mm. the earthquake in February, mm. I was looking for them. Found a camouflage one. I went to like three different Walmarts. None of them had Snuggies. Apparently they're very right. out of fashion. Uh, one of I the think ones just sold out because they're so hot. Well, no, yeah. they said they moved them to the clearance section oh, okay. of the store. Oh, they yeah. had the Rams. I, I was in St. Louis, so they it was those were the only ones that were left were the Rams ones, which is not football season anymore. <laughs> B, they moved them to the clearance section of the store. They were not even there, so I found camouflage ones, but uh-huh. we thought that really wasn't. There used. was also it a s- skull and crossbones one that uh, <laughs> yeah. we almost got. It was a tough choice. We were hoping for a big American flag one, right? But we couldn't oh, find. Really? <laughs> that one, yeah. But okay, so you got the snuggie, you opened uh-huh. it, you were like, ah ha ha, very funny. Uh-huh. But now, now you're, uh, it's changed, right? It you're, changed. Yeah. I can't live without my snuggie. Right. <laughs> I think the most, the biggest, the strongest evidence for that is when we had one of those aftershocks and we ran downstairs. What was she carrying? Her iPhone and her snuggie. That's right. nothing else. That is right. The barest uh, essentials. Evidence. <laughs> and, and for people who don't know the whole reason. Do you another reason did you got the snuggie is mm-hmm. when the earthquake happened, right? Mm-hmm. You gave away your blanket selflessly, yes. Mother Teresa style. <laughs> right. You gave away your blanket to a cold, star, starving cold child on the street. I didn't that know was a very, very noble thing to do. It was definitely that, cold with yes. that blanket that you acquired from uh, um, an airline. <laughs> A Virgin Airlines blanket. We don't need to go that far. <laughs> it was a pretty cool blanket, though. It like, is. It yeah. is. It was. Yeah, I loved it. But also, this new blanket is much cooler. Yeah. But so, it went to a starving baby, so, I mean, it all worked out. <laughs> yes. Um, also, very noble, um, Sir Brendan of Pritchard. Hello, hello. Um, who's been enjoying with the rest of us. A little something we like to call the Game of Thrones. Indeed. Yes. Actually, the Game of Thrones. <laughs> Thrones. <laughs> Is how I believe uh, it should be pronounced. You've been a fan from a while back, right? Yeah, I, I, as soon as I graduated from college, I had a bunch, I had like two or three months with absolutely nothing to do. And while I was in college, I had completely lost all interest to do to, in any recreational reading because you have to do so much reading in college that the last thing you want to do is look at books. Right. So I graduated from college, got home, had absolutely nothing to do. And a friend of mine was like, well, why don't you try this game called, the, uh, this book called The Game of Thrones? And I thought, hey, why not? And I started reading and I think I spent those entire two months doing absolutely nothing but devouring all four of the books. They're so. very addictive. <laughs> yeah. JJ, you've been reading it. So the reason this is coming up, if you don't know, is because on HBO... That uh, the series has started mm-hmm. the, the televisation, yes, if you will, of the uh, books, and uh, a lot of us have been fans 
from way back. There's some Johnny Come Latelys, some Johnny <laughs> Too Latelys. Yeah, um, literally. Whatever yeah. you want to say. JJ's just read them leading up to this. Uh, just the first book, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm starting on Clash of Kings already, so. Uh, John is, thinks he's going to read them. <laughs> he, brought the, he brought the book as evidence. Yeah, I, I, I saw <laughs> it there. for like three years now. <laughs> like 50 pages. Right. And uh, we say that because there's lots of spoilers. If you don't know how things turn out, you mm. don't want them spoiled for you. We're not going to do that, but we do have a weekly lunch we call Lunch of Thrones. The Lunch of Thrones. <laughs> that John is not invited to because he... <laughs> right. I think to... I suggested it in the first. <laughs> yeah, actually, right. you're, you're not invited. Idea. <laughs> you're not invited, sir. So I didn't yeah. have to listen to your spoilers all day. Um, and there's been a lot of yield English talk around the office. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I'm unfortunately I'm good at writing it over chat, but I'm not good doing it live. So yeah, improv is a little difficult. We're not going to get too much of it uh, at, in this podcast. What we are going to get a lot of in this podcast is gaming talk yay, yay. because Hi. that's what people come to this podcast right. to talk about <laughs> how long did it take yeah eight minutes that's a new Nine record minutes. we are <laughs> eight four play the uh first best official last greatest newest and <laughs> oldest um <laughs> podcast about uh, japan and games and japanese games um uh we introduced to everybody actually a quick note up front before we get into news and our very special guest mm. um in the coming weeks, uh, a lot of people have been asking about things that we've promised. One was a Dragon Quest podcast. That's what you're going to get at the end of this uh, podcast, the yep. second half. It's going to be our interview with um, Sir Richard Honeywood, yep. um, knighted for his work, <laughs> knighted by the Queen of England for his work at Square Enix, mm-hmm. uh, booting up their localization department. Mm. Um, he talks about a lot about a lot of cool shit. Mm. Um, and then he went to... Activision Blizzard. He worked at a lot of places before that. Had some Nintendo stories. Mm-hmm. Definitely stick around for that. But um, other people, JJ, asking about the Resident Evil podcast. Indeed. Anniversary podcast that we promised. Yeah. What's up with that? Uh, talk to Genturn. <laughs> what does that mean? Because he's the Resident Evil guy. Who's that? I just listened to this podcast because I... Oh, right. Well, that would it. be Alex uh, uh, Aniel, who is the Resident, uh, Resident Evil... Uh, maestro. Unintentional pun. Yes. You'll still get points for it. <laughs> CVX Freak, he's known as. Right, CVX internet. Freak on the internet. Code Veronica. He used to be an intern here, now he works for a video game company doing things. Yes. He lives in Ebisu uh, uh, right Ebisu. now. Ebisu. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cap- Captain Ebisu. So, but, uh, so, yeah, without him, the podcast is impossible. The correct answer that you were supposed to say oh. was that we're still perfecting the technology. Oh, right. <laughs> We because what we want to do for that is rip a page out of what Retronauts and some other podcasts have been mm. doing lately and do a quote unquote live live to tape podcast yeah. where we have people call in and ask questions. We're definitely that's still in the works. We just don't want to half ass it because mm. it's the fifteenth anniversary is the excuse for doing it, but it's something that we really right. want to do. We have a Ustream account set up. Uh, we might be using that. We did that. do that, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Laid a little groundwork. We've been working on technologies to make this happen. Yep. So um, look for that in the future. Um, this next coming week, I think we're going to have super special guest Mr. Shane Bettenhausen back yes. on the program. Yes. With five copies of El Shaddai for the PS3 hopefully hopefully yeah. for me for <laughs> us, for us. For, for all not right. for you guys but for us so the Resident Evil podcast will probably be happening around mid-May we missed the the March yeah. date um, but I mean 
like the apocalypse was happening right. in Tokyo, yeah. so that's yeah. our excuse. But um, we want to prepare for it. If you guys have ideas, definitely tweet them to us or um, send them to us on our website, 8-4.jp, or a lot of places that we'll mention at the end of the show. But anyway, just want to let people know at the top that's still in the works and what's coming up <clears throat> next time yes. on 8-4 Play. So, this time, though, uh, what we got to talk about is a lot of exciting stuff going on. Uh, Kicking off with what we have to talk about, and we'll talk more about this when Shane is here, but the, uh, what what would you call it, the HD with two eyes on the end, the Wii 2, (laughs) the uh, Power Wii, Wii HD, whatever you want to call it, Wii Squared, the successor to Nintendo's console project cafe a lot yeah a lot of a lot of different uh, names for what everyone is calling nintendo's next home console a lot of rumors and speculation has come out um in this past week yeah um, lots like and it all came out in one day and it was right. just like no holds barred well, you know think, everybody was sitting on it yeah right? right everybody had like all i this guy had this you know this uh, outlet had this information this outlet had that information right. and then somebody blew it and everybody's like oh my god i gotta get on it too and here's what we know everybody yeah. had a little piece and your thing just now reminds me of the the blind men feeling the different parts of the elephant and they're all <laughs> describing it differently and you know mm. the story i'm talking about yeah, that's yeah. probably what's happening with the right. Wii. right because hd whatever we too um because you're hearing a lot of different crazy stuff mm. and yes. the Wii 2 in fact is going to be an elephant is what we really know that's the <laughs> real secret Trunk controller yeah. you heard it here first <laughs> um, but yeah I actually was awoken from a dream <laughs> at like 4 o'clock in the morning that's yeah. right yeah divine <laughs> providence completely randomly I thought I felt an earthquake but I, I was, so I was checking uh, Twitter I thought it was an earthquake that woke me up nobody was talking about that on Twitter but I did see uh, Phil Kohler from GameInformer.com so Phil Kohler who was the person who broke it uh, yeah, I, th- I believe so. Former yeah, guest of the A4. Place. Yes. That's right. Friend of the show um, on GameInformer.com posted that um, uh, a few things about it. Um, one was that um, – so here's the original story. Um, you can read it on GameInformer.com. Um, they confirm with multiple sources that the new home system is capable of running games at HD resolutions. Now, they said there's they had conflicting reports as to whether the graphics will be comparable to the 360 and PS3 or – that it would be better than both those systems. Um, so they said that Nintendo's already showing publishers a system, mm. and um, they reported a reported late 2012 launch. Um, and they were also saying, they also quoted a source as saying, Nintendo's doing this one right. It's not a gimmick like the Wii. Um, Didn't we hear that with every Nintendo console, though? Just just to play devil's advocate, I mean, they said that about the Wii, they said that about the game. Did they too. say that about the Wii? Yeah. I say it every time. Nintendo's doing this one right. Nintendo's doing this one right. It's going to be the best thing ever. It's going to be well, the best thing Well, I mean, ever. depending on who you ask, I guess they either did do it right with the Wii or they didn't. I right. Mean, they, did it, they did it right for themselves and grandmothers everywhere. But um, I don't think they did it right for us, right? Like, we're, the people who really want those hardcore games and stuff kind of were, like, left out in the cold. Well, okay. So quickly, as we were talking about, quickly following up on that story was uh, Kotaku who said that they've heard that the machine would be more powerful than the current-gen systems. Mm-hmm. Right. Um... Then very quickly after that, IGN chimed in um, that it would be the new system would be backwards compatible with current Wii games, and more exciting that there would be an quote unquote announcement this month, uh, meaning April, and 
there's like a nine days left yeah days left. we're getting close mm-hmm. um and then the full details at e3 i think they were anticipating something similar to the 3ds where right it was kind right. Of, right right when did that happen that was around this time last year wasn't it or was it may when the 3ds have uh, announcement i think it was april it was it was just march. it was just before <laughs> the end of march i think because it was, it was before February, the end of march 12 months it was april, may yeah. <laughs> i remember i was i'm pretty sure it was before the end of the fiscal year was it? Yeah. That sounds familiar-ish. Right. It would have been April then. Oh, well, yeah. I want to say March or, 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 March, or March. maybe March. April, but yeah, I want to say March because I tweeted it first, as we know here in this room. Right. Mm-hmm. I was the original source, the first person. <laughs> well, our fax machine was the original source. <laughs> no, it wasn't a fax machine. Oh. It was the first person to put it in English, I should say. Okay. Right. The Japanese press release had gone out. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> back to more important things. Um, Jim Riley from IGN then tweeted that the system will be 1080p capable. Uh, I, and then he updated his IGN uh, article. Then CVG reported that, computerandvideogames.com reported that it would have an all-new controller with a built-in HD screen. Then IGN adds that it will have, the controller will have touch capability. Then dual sticks are added, bound again by uh, Jim <laughs> Riley. Um, it can stream game content from the console. I can see it forming in my mind. Jim Riley again. There will be first and third. Frankenstein's monster. Jim Riley again. There will be first and third. We two games at E3. Don't know if they'll be playable or not. And again, uh, uh, from IGN, the new controllers allows do you do stream entire games to the device from a console, like a miniature television. Which kind of seems pointless to me, but I don't even know what that means. What I mean, I would assume it's like if you are playing uh, Super Mario Wii Two and you want to take a dump, you can just zap it to your controller and play it on the toilet. Poetic, poetically, poetic. <laughs> yes, very, thank very you. well put. But it, it's, yeah, it sounds like the PSP capability that you have now, right? You sure. Can stream your game to your PSP and control it. I don't uh, know, but whatever. Um, then others, some other things about the specs. Um, came in i mean this all by the way is coming from the very excellent um thread on neogaf.com um the official thread uh edited by wario 64 who's well done, a great sir. poster yes absolutely um and then uh, who added nextgen.biz added that ubisoft has had dev kits for months um they also said that they hear the motion sensing is quote-unquote better than move mm-hmm. um yeah, that it retains motion control and that the it has higher fidelity motion control than even the move controller. John just hardcore rolled his eyes <laughs> at the motion control. So basically that's where we're at. People are making mock-ups based on this idea that it's mm-hmm. going to have a controller that has a six-inch touchscreen um, that's not HD, but right. that the system itself is capable of HD. Um, it's yeah. not multi-touch, maybe, whatever. D-pad, LR, two triggers, two analog sticks, front-facing camera, maybe, maybe not. Some places are saying that that's true, not true. A uh, sensor bar like the Wii, maybe, maybe that's built into the camera. Um, miscellaneous, one other huge, quote-unquote, huge surprise about the system, which is, well, duh. They but, have that every time, too. It's exactly. an oven. Yeah. Yeah. It's a vitality <laughs> sensor. Bakes but, but basically, I don't know, what do you guys, what do you guys make of all this? Half of Stop. me is super excited because I wanted uh, like a real Nintendo console since you know for a long time now. Like a real meaning, not 
like come on the Wii more I mean, powerful more powerful yeah. like I don't really use my Wii for I think the virtual console is amazing um, I love it I had a lot of fun with like 10 games on the Wii maybe like Mario Galaxy Zelda you know Monster mm. Hunter of course there weren't that many games it's mostly been collecting dust I want a console that can compete with the other consoles as far as like real games too they make can it, have make ports. motion. Say what? They can have. They can have. Exactly. Ports. Exactly. Yeah, right. Make it motion friendly for the people who love that stuff. I don't like motion games. I don't like move. I don't like Wii motion. It's nothing personal to anybody, but to me, it's boring as hell. I want like a real game, real controller. You know, right. to be able to do that as well on a Nintendo console would be awesome. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm curious if. I mean, it. It seems like kind. What if we're talking about the description that people are guessing at right now? Mm. It kind of sounds like something new. I mean, Nintendo's all about the blue ocean, going places where other people are not right. going. Mm-hmm. Right. Strategy. I guess if it's some new kind of interaction with your TV, it might kind of be new. It sounds a lot like connectivity, which they were briefly right. pushing with the GameCube, but abandoned because they said it was too complicated and too much for people to. Um, to deal with to get it set up if it comes out of the box theoretically that would help that but at the same time it seems almost like oddly predictable which is a weird thing to say but it's like you have an iPad with control sticks on it Mm. I don't know why it just doesn't seem like Nintendo to me it also sounds very expensive is probably the main thing that that makes it ring kind of oddly in my ears I, I, I'm not surprised that they would be showing something mm. at E3. I'm not surprised that it would be HD. I think the next system, you know, is going to has to be. Yeah. Um, but the the touchscreen also seems kind of weird because they have the 3DS. This has just come out, and right. I don't know. It, if if you have this own system with its own screen, it almost begs the question: Well, do you not just take that with you when you right. walk out the door? Like, I, I don't know. I don't really get the whole screen thing. Like, the first thing I thought of was, like, Zelda Four Swords. Right. Which is cool, right, but, right. like, you know, how many, like, you know, that uh, seems like a gimmick that would get tired really quickly. Well, here's the deal, though. The thing is, like, if Apple wants to take over the world, and they probably will, um, all they got to do is take their <laughs> iPad, is make a game console, and then make the iPad the controller, and have some way of having normal controls as well. And, like, you're going to be able to do all kinds of crazy awesome stuff with that thing. And, I that's mean, that's probably... $500 controller. Well, whatever it is, it's going to... It's, <laughs> it's still going to take over the world. Right? It's still, yeah, I mean, whatever it, it... Basically, it seems to me like it could be something like that where they're trying to cover both angles, you know what I mean? Like, having... Sort of protecting themselves against that market. Like, having the ability to have, like, touch, Ooh. you know... But so then that's, that's Apple introducing a whole, like, a third system. Like, an iPad-like system, basically. Mm. Apple or Nintendo? I'm mean, sorry, oh, Nintendo. Okay. Right. Well, maybe, yeah, but I don't know what else they're going to do. Because 3DS, to me, like, I'm I'm a big fan of, like, cons- uh, like 3DS and DS and PSP. Like, I like console, I mean, uh, handheld games. Not, like, iPhone, whatever. But I'm even starting to see it now, too. I mean, like, iPhone... I can't, I can't see how iPhone's not... Or Apple's not going to take over the market at this rate. Like, you look at, like, the way 3DS sales have been in the first couple of months. They haven't been that good. Um, right, but we're talking about the handheld... We're, we're talking about the handheld market when we're talking about Apple. But we're talking about the home market when we're talking about Nintendo, by right. and large. There's some overlap, exactly. of course. So Apple came in and basically started incringing, uh, you know, taking over that turf first, right. the handheld market. Mm-hmm. And the way I see it, and I think Nintendo probably sees it too, is they're next they're going to take over the console market. You know what I mean? So maybe they're trying to get a step up, you know. So you think Nintendo is going to... Do you think this touchscreen thing will be kind of its own system? Where it like compete? I mean, kind of competes with the 3ds. Yeah, you know, I really don't know, but I mean, it kind of. But I mean, <laughs> that's what all I wanted you yeah, to say. Right, yeah. <laughs> I really don't know, um, but I mean, I can't. I, I can't 
place any logic in on what we've heard so far. Like, there's not, I, maybe there's not enough information, but it doesn't really make sense yet. That I agree with. I think the six-inch screen that's too big for any sort of peripheral or any sort of you know thing that someone's gonna buy more than one of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that rumor is probably well, false. I mean, but, if it's a cheapy screen, it could go into a controller. It could be like a bonus thing, but I don't see that being the motion control, if you will, of the new... I think it needs... It's You know, 3DS, it's the 3D. We, right. It's the motion control. Could right. that screen new, be 3D, and would that matter? Like, the 3DS It could. 3D? I yeah, mean, it could. Very possibly. Again, I think you're getting into more expensive... I was thinking, yeah. I mean, this is probably way out there, but what if it's like an Apple Go TV... It's an Apple TV sort of thing, where the system is just kind of like a, a little base thing that houses the CPU or whatever, uh-huh. but... Like most of the processing power comes out of the controller. But why? Why would you do that? Because you could take it anywhere. But you know. well, you could Maybe take they it anywhere, combine. but within your house, right. you, you wouldn't be able to go that far. But if you go to your friend's house who has a Wii two, you bring your controller along, and then you can play four player, four screen. That Mario sounds like Kart. such a limited thing to me. I just don't yeah. see that. I don't know. Like I mean, the, the, the screen doesn't make any sense to me, period. Yeah. And, and I think that's what we all agree on, at least. Yeah. And I doubt that... It, I don't think it could be 3D, because if you're thinking what you do with controllers, the fact that with the 3DS, 3DS, you have to be at the perfect right decision, right uh, distance and the right angle for the right. 3D to even work. Yeah. If you're playing with the controller... You're going to be moving your hands, right? But Especially a motion 3DS controller. Is a controller, right? Same way. You're moving the 3ds around that way, right? But I, personally, this is my personal experience. I found that just holding it, I tend to lose the 3D mm-hmm. just naturally. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you're if the whole thing is a controller and there's something on the television screen, but something on your own screen too, I just feel like the 3D is going to collapse. Right, Im- almost immediately. So I feel like a 3D screen would be impossible. It, it does bring up like an interesting question to me, which is like, you know, 3D. If if you would have before the 3DS and before Connect, if you would have said, okay, what would Nintendo do for the next Wii? I might have guessed those two things. I might have guessed, well, okay, maybe something with like a 3D, mm. either glasses. I probably wouldn't have guessed non glasses, right. but like mm. right. a 3D type thing. Or I I, I think I would have made the leap to okay no controller at all total right. motion control but now it's like i'm glad they didn't do that yeah no that's yeah. a relief hopefully but now it's like what is left like what right. really? my, my favorite photoshop was a dreamcast controller with super mario galaxy in the little vmu right. Right. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. I, I feel like there has to be something that well of course there's a lot of things we probably don't know but i feel like there has to be some big something that we don't know or i feel like they really are potentially going to do what I've kind of wanted them to do for a long time, which is just make, like, the next, you know, powerful game system. But why would they period. do that when GameCube is the last time they tried that and it because was now the they biggest have, failure? Uh, because they have the motion as well. What they're doing... So that we went out and took the motion motion control market, and it was a huge, big thing. But now they realize that they're, you know, they're losing ground on in the other areas, right? So now they're just taking the Wii thing to the next level, but also including us for the ride, like but the hardcore so, game stuff. That's that's such a un Nintendo like move. It's like a Sony move. Well, that's the other thing too. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing too. Is like Nint- Nintendo always says, like you know, um, 
like this is how we feel like for the Nintendo difference a few years ago was like Nintendo is not the one who makes the same game every year you know we're not like the other companies blah 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 <laughs> and then funny. what did they do they made that that generation they made every game over again like I feel yeah. like they say they're not going to do things one way but then they're going to do them anyway so but, even though they've been saying they're not like headed in this direction mm-hmm. for like you know more like ex- they don't care but about the Xbox just, and PS3 market they're not just saying it look at the 3DS look at the Wii like they're right but where else, doing do, you, where else do you go from here like holograms or some that's shit that's what like I'm that. saying <laughs> they probably have they probably don't have something maybe that's so they, what the secret is of the screens that like it's a Holog- fucking hologram. Holographic. Yeah. Boom. You I heard just, it here well, first. Yeah. I just have to think there's there's nothing. I mean, I don't. I can't think of anything else. I mean, that would be as revolutionary as that stuff was when it was. So maybe they're out of ideas, but they can't just sit back. They got to have a next console. Yeah. And one thing, I it's funny that you mentioned Sony because as soon as they talked about the controller having the screen, and I kept thinking about the NGP. If you really can stream games to it, and if you can really take it around, isn't that exactly what Kojima was saying he wanted to do with the NGP? So right. it's funny because <laughs> in the Photoshop threads and in NeoGAF and on the net, like a lot of people did say, like, "Oh, this is what it looks like," and they just showed an NGP, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> two analog sticks, <laughs> yeah. big screen, like it was, yeah, touch panel, like all that stuff. Right. Um, the other thing with the the whole, if they venture into any kind of iPad like territory, is that that goes against their whole thing about the cheap games like there's no way they're doing that i just can't imagine them getting into that space at all Mm -hmm. um but i'm fucking i'm really excited to see what exactly yeah i'm curious wouldn't it be interesting if the if this you know modern nintendo was one way or another they'd be forced into that space right it's not like they wanted to go there but maybe because of the market situation and apple and everything else they have to right that's kind of what would happen well i mean they ha- they're gonna have a store on the 3ds but the nintendo so. like of 10 years ago or whatever would have just been stubborn through and through that's what the n64 was they refused to go to cd even though everything was clearly moving that direction right maybe the difference now with iwata and is that actually okay that he is willing to step back and say okay this is where everything is headed this is where we but need then to go. why does he give that gdc speech that's exactly the opposite of that well that's the same thing why did they give the nintendo a different speech and then do the exact opposite like the next year you know what i mean it's like uh, maybe that's they're they're it's part of that is marketing and part of that is you know yeah i do i mean i have heard from a lot of people that the, there is something to the screen thing i don't think everybody anybody has the full story really outside right. of nintendo but the one thing about your idea jj that you brought up that i think is interesting is the idea that um that uh, one player would have a different controller than the other people yeah, that the, his would be the more powerful thing, kind of driving stuff, right. and then um, that would be weird. And I think, uh, yeah, How would even work. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's similar to what they did with Mario Galaxy, with the sense that one person is playing the game normally, and then the other person is helping them out in a right. sense. That's it's a, true. It's two radically different games that they're playing, right? But they're working together. It would be any kind of equal multiplayer would be right. odd with it, but. Well, anyway, so, um, yeah, other stuff, um, you know, you're, no rumors about online stuff or yeah. any kind of... Wasn't there a rumor about Blu-ray or something? Or, uh, somebody mentioned Blu-ray in all this, which seemed weird to me because they wouldn't do that, right? I mean... Why not? I mean, everything's going that way. Because I mean, Sony's format, in Japan, anyways. Yeah. It's, it's the only format besides digital downloads. Well, so. they, could, they just do their own format like they've done in the past, right? Well, anyway... We was DVDs, so... Yeah, it might take them a generation to catch up to like it did with yeah. uh, with DVD. Um, It'd be cool if it was all digital download. 
I mean, I think it would be cool. That, <laughs> that won't happen. Put file that under never, ever, yeah. fucking in a million years going to yeah. happen. Um, so, yeah, anyway, um, like, tell us what you think. If you've got, you know, ideas about what you think it is or could be or ways of interpreting what uh, the rumors that are out there. Or if right. you've got a dev kit, just hook us up. Yeah, us. Well, one, la- one last thing I want to say is that I, I, I did a lot of research on the 3DS before it was announced at E3. Um, I, I don't know what it was for, for this podcast or something. But I, I noticed that... Um, during development, not all of the features of the 3DS were turned on. Like people didn't know about the 3D screen until like all of a sudden, right, like yeah, a firm, even yeah. though it was always there, a firmware update, uh, firmware update came up, and they were like, "Oh god, it fucking works!" And right. then, uh, so the holographic lasers are just off, right? Well, now, it's 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 possible. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying, though. I think it's like maybe some of this is true, and then maybe some of this is just incomplete, and it's not really what. What the final system like is going to be like seems. like the blind men feeling the elephant. Yes. You're getting little piece here, a little piece there, but you're right. not getting the full picture. Well, I will say this made E3 15 million times more exciting this year. Hell uh, I can't yes. Are any of us yeah. even going to E3? Because, <laughs> you know, NGP we'll was see. already going to be yeah. exciting, but E3 is always better when it's like a fist fight, like it's a brawl. And right. Yeah. Yeah. Two new hardwares. Here's the other thing, two new hardwares. Here's the other thing is now if you're Microsoft or you're Sony, you are like quaking in your shit because you're like, oh man, we what are we going to talk about? More Connect games like Connect right. Adventures Two? Right. Like, what the fuck is our press conference? Like, right. fuck, right. we have to at least tease right. the, the next Halo. Thing. Yeah, right? Microsoft is in the worst position because Sony at least has something. New we sexy don't, hardware. We don't know how far along they are. We don't know if, what they were planning on doing at E three with it, but at least they have something that they yeah. could possibly use. I expect, Microsoft. What are they going to do? I expect Microsoft to hammer down Halo and then hey, Connect. But, we got but, hardcore Connect games. But you don't think, in light of this and in light of NGP happening, that they feel like they're going to have to tease somehow? They're going to have to tickle a little. They should yeah. of the seven twenty. I don't. I'm not convinced that they know really understand that. Oh, anymore. I think they. I think they are going to have to and are going to do something, even if it's. I would the, love for them to do that though. Even if it's at the very yeah, <laughs> even if it's at the very end of the speech saying like, mm-hmm. and you know, we got you know other things in the. They gotta do. Yeah. They, gotta do they gotta do more than that. They gotta say. Yeah. They got. They gotta show something. Some right. Like yeah. like name. Like right. Some bullshit a, lo- a logo. Like, like a little. Like the Xbox ball thing. Like becoming a spiked baller. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> JJ wow. Yeah. Coming, coming here. <laughs> I hope they, they don't hire you away after yes. after hearing that idea. Um, My all right. So any, any other f- last thoughts on the. I'm sure we'll talk about this more with Shane here next week. I think it's a bunch of mumbo jumbo. You think it's all BS? I think it's like 80% BS. Oh, well, that's not exactly mumbo jumbo. <laughs> yeah, well, mostly mostly mumbo jumbo. Let's, let's put it that way. I think too many people have commented on it and came out and had like similar, you know, accounts of things for it too. Unless just one one guy with a big mouth is just running around telling all the media the same right. thing. <laughs> right. But uh, I do I do want to say though that actually like, you know, I I'm actually super super excited to see it. Like I I think I've only focused on the things I'm actually not happy about talk because that's what we tend to talk about, but actually I'm really excited for it and I hope it lives up to, you know, what I kind of expect from a Nintendo console. So. Oh yes, any new Nintendo. I want to see each hair in Mario's mustache. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, so then let's just segue right into other completely unrelated stuff. Um, Sonic Generations. Woo! <laughs> JJ, looks everybody's so looking at me. Excited. I I watched. The, okay, so like, yeah, I'm a longtime Sega fan. When I was a kid, I loved Sonic, but everything after Sonic Adventures is shit. 
I will admit it, and I will say it. Everything after you mean, Sonic Adventures? You're saying Sonic so, Adventures from Sonic Adventures on. Oh, oh, is shit. Okay, but this game, the footage that they released. Looks pretty fucking fun. Okay, so they got you. That's all I need to know. Like, because I, I don't. <laughs> I'm give a caught crap. in the Sonic cycle. Yeah, I yeah. don't give a shit anyway. But I, but right. I was curious if the Sonic fans still fall for it. I wouldn't even call myself a Sonic do. fan. Well, <laughs> Come I, on. I, will, I will say I'll, I'll throw them a little cracker or a ring or whatever the hell he eats. Um, Bone Sonic. Uh, I watched the video. It does look better than any other yeah. Sonic in years. But that's still, it still looks exactly like the old games. And in fact, it played the same music as like the Genesis version or something. Like, I, w- <laughs> that was intentional, that? wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, but that was a bad idea. They're like, using I mean, like, I think they're like remaking stages from the game, older games or something like that. Yeah, yeah there was de- there was yeah. definitely Green Hill in the, yes. Yes. the Famitsu yeah, article. Green Hill Zone. So um, we got to keep moving though. So uh, actually, what we should have uh, talked about immediately after the Wii 2 talk. And a lot of people are are sort of using to support their arguments that this is real and happening is mm-hmm. the Wii price drop to one hundred seventy dollars. Yeah, wow. Mm. Yep. So uh, be interesting to see what that does to the sales numbers. Um, Pokemon definitely selling well. Um, Black and white sold. Was it two point one or two point four million? I think it was like five point nine thousand billion. It was a lot. <laughs> it was, a lot. It was uh, something the over entire Earth population. Right. Yeah, two million in its first month uh, on sale, which is like, man, that's amazing. That series just stronger and stronger. I got a question. Where do you go from there? You know, you you have red and blue, and they do green or whatever, and then they have like you know ruby and sapphire and they do diamond where do you go from black and white you can't do gray right that's like not cool they already did like yeah they already did like ruby and sapphire they did like precious metals and no, stuff like right, that but like the th- you know there's always like the third one that comes out the year later the like well, why wouldn't it why wouldn't it be gray yeah because yeah, yeah, it's not in like between black cool and white color it's like it's gray area gray is kind of cool like, like you're mysterious but smoky. they don't always don't do the third right like when they did the remakes of red and oh they don't do it on the remakes but they do it on the mainline ones right right uh, that's interesting maybe they'll go some like purple i say purple. Yeah. <laughs> going purple going um, rainbow well see yeah i was hoping for diamond and pearl they would release like a prince version <laughs> okay wow <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you destroyed my segue into Gears 3, which uh, a lot of people are playing, yep. although nobody in this room. Um, mm. The beta is out there. Um, uh, <laughs> That's great. Is there more to say about that? <laughs> I, I, wanted, I, was, I was curious, but my 360 is broken. So. Okay. Related story, uh, Mortal Kombat. Is, uh, is out there. Um, apparently, one cool thing about it, uh, I'll say one cool thing about okay. it, the is that cool it can be rebalanced on the fly. Uh, it doesn't As require in- a downloaded update. Um, yeah, Ed Boon revealed to Eurogamer that um, without downloading a patch, things that can take more or less damage, you can do different things. I mean, obviously, it's got to be connected. That is smart as fuck. The net somehow, but right? Yeah. Exactly. Like, seriously, Ed Boon, I want to shake your hand. You need to go over to Capcom and just, like, kick everybody in the nuts. <laughs> I wonder if other, yeah, basically every fighting game should have this Yeah, system. yes. People are talking about that it might use this um, system on Xbox Live. Developers are granted, like, this little bit of space that doesn't have to be a full patch right. or whatever. But hmm. So they weren't revealing exactly how it works. Like it uses the Venom suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, awesome. But yeah, I thought you were going to go to Twisted Metal because I was thinking of like sort of games that everybody seems to like except me. When you said Gears of War, I never got I Twisted the, Metal. Well, they released a trailer uh, for the you know, oh. the one that Jaffe's working on, and uh, well, he, yeah, yeah. How's Twisted that look? Metal. It looks like Twisted Metal. 
the same twisted metal from the last like, whatever twenty years. Is the guy the guy with the big wheels? The guy chained up in the big wheels still flying around? <laughs> it's got the ice cream truck. That's about all I can oh. remember from that series. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's just a dude, like the probably the lamest design fucking of anything ever since uh-huh. man like crawled out from the slime. <laughs> Is this guy? It's just a guy standing, spread eagle, and his arms are like attached to. And I remember this. Two, okay, two giant wheels, and he's just. <laughs> <laughs> it goes around like that. I back really, in the back in the mid nineties, that was the best of Western I character design. Washed my, that memory Cutting from edge. my brain. Yeah. yeah, I just feel like for all his talking, you know, David Jaffe because he likes to talk. You know, he's a, he's a lot of guy who loves. He's a to good talk. talker. You know, he talks. Yeah. He talks a lot. He know, talks the talk. talk he's, <laughs> but what? No, I just feel like Twisted Metal. It's like, eh, I'll make something original. Like, I want to see something cool from somebody. He made something right. original. It's called Calling All Cars. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I guess I should... Uh, Which is basically Twisted Metal. Subject. He made so, God of War. That was original. There you go. God of War. I want to see, I wanna see his next step from God of War. <laughs> like, everybody makes a God of War at <laughs> right. some point. I mean, come on. Yeah. Okay. Well, give the guy credit. Uh, God of War 1, you know, turned yeah. out. Yeah. Pretty groundbreaking yeah. pretty cool. game, so. Right, yeah. Um. So, other groundbreaking games from Capcom. Mm. Our friends over at Capcom. Uh, they had the Captivate uh, event. I was captivated. They have once or twice a year. Yeah. Captivated all of us with a lot of games. Um, Ashura's Wrath got another trailer. I want to see what the real game is like. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> just more like fucking crazy, Grunting. over yeah. the top, super insane, but very, very cool. Yes, very stylized, cinematic. Kind yeah. of thing, yeah. More of the finger coming, the god's finger, and he right. punches the shit out of it, the yeah. living shit out yeah. of it, yeah. Until he has arms. no arms, yeah. yeah it's amazing. It's crazy. Uh, How do you do that? <laughs> you have to ask him. Uh, Dead Rising Two, off the record, starring your boy Frank West, ugliest video game character ever. They made him. We were talking about maybe made him more ugly. Yeah, I they think were like, so. People liked him ugly the first time. We're gonna make him uglier. Right. <laughs> Explain what that is to people who don't know. It is Dead Rising Two with Frank West from the viewpoint of Frank West. I mean, right. So a little bit changed. Right. He takes pictures. Yeah. Um, Remixed, I, I suppose. It's kind of interesting though. I thought that this was a download. This just sounded like a download yeah. to me. It, yeah, it sounds right. like one, but it's not. But it is like a full re-release of the game, full retail price. Presumably. Is it? The, oh, okay. Presumably, I, I would hope they would release it at thirty-nine dollars because they're reusing assets. Someone said Amazon had it for fifty, but I mean, it's still way early. So but it, and it's a packaged good. I mean, it's yeah. a full new disc yeah. game. Um, Resident Evil Operation Raccoon City, which I'm. Chay flopping back and forth on. <laughs> really? I was skeptical when I first heard about it. I was excited when I first saw the screens because I mm-hmm. thought it looked really good. Then when I saw it moving, um, I see the kind of like ice skating around of a lot of multiplayer <laughs> games. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yeah, totally. Where each foot movement doesn't yeah, match up. Yeah, yeah. So it just looked like random and weird. Um, as excited as I was to see like the uh, the tyrants walking around and a lot of the other. Uh, characters and settings mm. and stuff. I think the graphics look good. I was a little worried about it from that perspective, but yeah. they're saying all the right things. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Street Fighter versus Tekken. What do you guys? Yeah. Think well, about that? so as far as I saw it from this time, it this, it looks to me. So this is the one that Capcom is making when Namco is mm. making their own version. But this one is like looks basically like Street Fighter with just Tekken characters. Well, it, it looks like, like Street Fighter with a whole bunch of black lines. Mm. Like oh. it's like a lot. I don't know how to describe it. It's comic, like chunkier. Comic, I don't know. comic book graphic. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think you know. I uh, the Tekken characters. Uh, I mean, we love Tekken. We work on Tekken, but I mean, the Tekken characters don't have quite as much like um, 
uh, appeal. I, I, get, I would say whatever Street Bob is the fucking so, best character ever. Well, some of them are. Yeah, no, not all. I'm, I'm not saying that. I li- actually like some Tekken characters a lot, yeah. but like putting them in the Street Fighter universe is not exciting me the way I thought it would. Maybe what you're saying is there's a lot of Tekken characters. Some of them are kind of more forgettable than others. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's like the core Tekken cast that people know, and then there's like a bazillion other variation i'd almost like rather characters. see more of the variations like i don't need to see kazuya and heihachi and all those people again i want to see like the bears the pandas oh, the and, and, and if, it's, if it's the cars, heihachi, if it's heihachi i want to see diaper heihachi right diaper heihachi would be mm-hmm. awesome yeah. in street fighter um diaper, did look good yep uh speaking of street fighter street fighter 4 arcade edition um they're getting to a lot of characters i think we yeah. talked about that a little bit last time because i remember sort of making fun of evil ryu and yeah. yeah we did um yeah that was i guess teased a little early uh mm. dragon's dogma finally the uh kind of it looks like um action rpg obliviny um Obliviny. Obliviny. yeah um monster hunter-esque sure uh game they released a trailer of that that looked pretty cool yeah i think it looks pretty awesome pretty fucking totally awesome <laughs> <laughs> um also awesome uh yamane uh michiru yamane doing some of the music for the uh indie studios reverges Skullgirls. that's mm-hmm. right which yep. we had a little something to do with yes we did right hiroko yeah you were over there the other uh week yeah talking with yamane mm-hmm. well yeah tell everybody now that we can talk about it like right. tell everybody what uh what our involvement was with that okay so um what we did is that we um hooked um them up with Yamane-san mm. to do the music for this project. And she of Castlevania music uh, fame. Yes. yes. She's Yamane. an amazing composer. Yeah. She, uh, apparently she did Rocket Knight Adventures as well. Oh, did she? Yeah. Yeah, the gaff thread was saying she did Hardcore, Contra Hardcore, right. and Rocket Knight, and a bunch of other yeah. Like, yeah, awesome stuff. Yeah, so um, we were able to put them together, and so... Um, and you've been doing the back and forth, like, oh, we want more of this, a little right. less of that, this, that, this, the other thing. Yeah. Right. So I've, I've heard all the tracks uh, already. Yes. <laughs> Basically, we can take credit for that whole thing. Yeah, that, <laughs> that game, actually, uh, we are totally responsible. Yeah, we, we drew it in our free time. Uh, <laughs> Peter Barthlow and all those guys have nothing. <laughs> it's mostly right. us. Um, so, yeah, last week I visited her studio and... Um, took a video of that interview that's up right shaky cam video the shaky cam cam. that's right we did that too too. yeah yeah that's a cool thing and like you know we it's a it's a I guess in a good example of a side of 8.4 that a lot of people don't get to see is like mm. kind of our background connections with everybody. Like right. we can mm-hmm. do this sort of stuff and like we want to do it more too. So Right. Yeah. So if you have somebody you want. We're doing a lot of cool stuff in the background basically. If mm-hmm. anything That's cool right. happens and it has anything to do with Japan, there's a it's decent chance it was us. It's <laughs> put it that way. 100% us. <laughs> Remember when that uh, when that uh, aircraft carrier came to Japan after the earthquake? That was totally us. Well, you're not supposed to talk about that, bro. Yeah. Brendan. We promised <laughs> that we wouldn't talk about that. Um, PSP Go. Bad Sony news. Okay, we got a rash of bad Sony news. Oh, no. Yes. Bad Sony news number one. Okay. PSP Go is dead. I it bet if you ask Kaz Hirai, he's, it's probably good news. That sounds like good news to me. Yeah. That was a mistake. I'm, I don't well, think anyone's that sad. PlayStation.com, uh, yeah, they're sad. They uh, updated with shipment ended notices on the black and white models. Yeah, kind of a weird experiment. Um, what's the history books going to say, JJ, about PSP Go? Probably the same thing they said about Virtual Boy. Too beautiful and ahead of its time yes. for this world. <laughs> right. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> 
Um, a bad Sony news number two. Last Guardian delayed. No. no. That is legitimately bad news. Because do we know why? Well, yes, we do. Time. Because uh, director, creator, uh, mastermind Fumito Ueda said on the PlayStation blog... Uh, to provide more challenging and, well, that's actually how they said it. They yeah. didn't use us to translate it. To provide more challenging and better quality of content to users and to fill first party studios' obligation is um, why he said they did it. And he apologized, JJ, before you jump all over him, and he begged for patience. And he said that they would announce new timing later. That I thought was very telling. It did not come with a new yeah. time. Right. Right. I am. Um, I have been plenty patient, Mister Ueda. It's been. W- was, I'm okay with that though. Yeah, so, I'm okay. I, fuck, I'm still gonna buy the shit out of it. So here's the thing: the, the the internet met this news to my mind with like a collective sigh, basically like not even a sigh, like yeah. just resignation. No, right. it was just like, well, of course, like right. we thought it was right. gonna happen. I totally understand and I agree this is one game that you only want to play when it's done. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. At the same time, I do think it's sad that what was Shadow of the Colossus 2006, 2005? It's been 6 years right. since the last game and we're like, "Oh yeah, well, okay, it takes another year or whatever." It's like maybe Wade is doing the entire game himself, the programming and the music <laughs> and the and the coding and the he QA does and use a yeah. very small team right? and I, I've seen some stuff on TV and he gets hands on with like the animation and everything yeah. and everything but uh, you know to my mind at some point you've got to leverage this and say okay this is awesome we just want them every three to four years make right. that happen like right. he has three launches with a you know team eco game i think it's a little bit different right uh, i hope this isn't like a gran turismo situation where like the game is done but like he keeps tinkering with it and and no one's around to say like listen you're it's good right and enough do this and let's release it right and he's like but the one little finger doesn't because a lot of people will tell you in uh, a lot of developers will tell you that the having to ship actually ironically makes them it's not that like the duke nukem situation right right? it's just like okay you keep going keep going keep adding keep adding keep polishing i will say if anybody's earned the trust it's ueda who even eco right he delivers completely rebooted right right it was originally for playstation then completely thrown away for playstation 2 so i think you got to give him the benefit of the doubt for sure that it's not a gran turismo kind of situation well yeah i mean i think in the end it's going to be better than gran turismo but well yeah i find myself <laughs> i don't have any problem being patient with him the other thing is like the the delay of the other game the so are you heading there next that's sony bad news number right. three oh, okay. eco shadow of the colossus collection is no longer and we should say last guardian was holiday 2011 so right. they did catch it early mm. Eco Shadow of the Colossus Collection, not so much. So did that get was, a new date? No, Ugh. neither neither got a new date. Hmm. See, that's done. Like we've had, I've had, we, people have told us those games are done. So like they're just here's, sitting there. Well, here's the thing. Maybe though. they're not done. Well, no, I'm sure they are done. But why release that? You you I know you want to have momentum. You yeah, right. of course right. you want right. momentum. But I mean, give it to us. Well, the thing is, I think the problem is they're scared that. They, they could do it in August thinking that it is leading up to release of Last Guardian and then Last Guardian get delayed again and then they blew their chance. So they really want to wait till Last Guardian is like done. But we suffer for it, you know? We do suffer for it. Why don't yeah. they separate them into two and release like one in a few months <laughs> and then the other one like a few months later? Like, I mean, at least then like... I think if you separate crumbs. them, people won't buy them though. They're already bundled though. I think, I think, well, yeah. It's a bundle. 
It's a bundle. Unbundle that bundle. <laughs> um, also a bundle. After the fact, Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery, EP, which we didn't know about. What? So what happened there? What happened? Which part? This, this week with <laughs> that. It came out on... Uh, so, so Sword and Sorcery came out on iPhone, I mm-hmm. believe, yesterday by the time you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's only $3. Ooh, I know. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, those guys are crazy, man. They could sell that thing <laughs> for like a lot more than I that. I think probably they sold so much on the iPad that they could probably <laughs> lose just a swimming couple. in their money hats. Scrooge <laughs> um, McDuck style. Like, ah, what does right. things cost these days? I don't even go to the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, we got... We <laughs> dollars? We got, what does three, that even mean? I know. We got, a, we got an email from Craig today with pictures of his new like uh, mansion and his right his money pool plated uh 20 story uh tower his so, giraffes yes. and um, <laughs> other yeah woodland creatures they heat their homes by burning you know 50 dollars bills yeah right. michael jackson style he just walks through las vegas and just points at things and says i want that i want right. that i saw it at gdc and he wasn't even he hadn't even yeah. released the game yet he yeah. was just i want that he was pointing to buildings and cars and it's like that it was like that, a weird version of cut the money dumbest yeah nobody was listening to him or anything but he, he was doing it anyway doing it. yeah he didn't have any assistance or anything and all the while uh, jim his music guy was behind him just like playing his guitar strumming along that's right yeah. mm-hmm. so it's three dollars which is super cheap um download it right now i demand i command you Yes. Um, Actually, it's really awesome. You should get it. But also, if you have the iPad version, um, that has, I believe, become, what is it, universal? A a universal app now. now you can actually, if you have the iPad version, you essentially also have an iPhone version that you'll be able to download for free. Which is, like, ridiculous. Amazing. That's so generous and amazing and cool. Mm -hmm. The game, we've talked about it at length before, but definitely, if you haven't heard us talking about it, either listen to some old episodes or check it out, read Mm -hmm. anything on the internet. Pretty universal praise, yep. um, I think, for that game. And if any yeah. of you think that we, you know, are just jumping on the bandwagon, go back and look at our New Year's card uh, six <laughs> months ago yep. when nobody knew <laughs> about this. Yeah. Uh, it's on our website, actually. Go take a look. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But 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 yeah, definitely, those guys deserve all the success. And uh, yeah, they're a friend of ours. Yeah. But it's one of those nice situations where you know they do something awesome. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I also, my copy. also awesome. Um, and from our friends at Cappy is uh, Might and Magic Clash of Heroes HD. A lot of people now talking about you can now play this game that before was it was originally like a DS game, right? Yeah, Che loved that game. Yeah, man. you guys were playing that when we went to Hakone, like really two well, like a year and a half ago, a year ago from this past January. So yeah, January like 2010, we mm. were playing it. Uh, yeah, a bunch because so, Che. Yeah, Jay was a huge fan, and mm-hmm. it took a while, but and everybody that played it really liked it. Yeah, and now yeah. the it's like downloadable HD, resed up. Yes, cool. Anybody here playing? It? No. Uh, no, I I've been curious about it, but I didn't know what kind of game it was, and I I don't I really know like anything it. about Might like Magic. Yeah. So it's, mm. it's it's Might Magic really has almost nothing to do with it. I mean, really? it's more yeah, it's just a fun game, but um yeah, Might Magic it's completely because i was like what is this a might magic game i mean it's, it's kind of a puzzle game right more or less yeah it's pretty much a puzzle. it's it, you know it reminds me a bit of that well no i shouldn't compare it to that game that the other game che has been talking about that you guys play dungeon raid yeah but i mean it's kind of a similar like sort of um puzzle action like strategic thinking game and cool. people got really into it yeah yeah, yeah. um one thing people did not get into at least <laughs> nobody that i would talk to um and this is bad sony news number four oh no is that PlayStation Home 1.5 apparently, and we all know this, debuted yesterday. 
because um, of all the talk on Twitter and Facebook, and everybody's so excited. And, and JJ lined up outside every, his uh, virtual yeah. home. <laughs> and it was like, oh, Portal Two. I kind of cared about it, but then, right. then Play Home One Point Five came out, and now I don't give a shit. <laughs> and like they've got like twelve new dances. Yeah. Oh no. So yes. Yeah. Um, more avatar slots, JJ. Twenty-four. Holy shit! That's right. I could create an army of dancers. <laughs> Armoires arm out the ass. Yes, that's all I'll say for your apartment. Woohoo! Twenty Fucking new ways to sexually harass people <laughs> in a virtual environment. Armoires everywhere you look. I like it. Um, actually, so yeah, apparently some engine enhancements. Um, I don't know. Uh, really, like my thing about this is like who is related to who that is still funneling money <laughs> into PlayStation Home. Like, Where, where's the mob? The, has anyone involved? ever used it? Do, did any of you ever? I have logged in twice. I have just to check it out and... I tried the beta for like 15 minutes and I haven't <laughs> been back. I think like somebody said they make money off Home though, right? Well, like, because it's very... It's funded by virtual items that you... Right. There's a million, there's tons of virtual items that you can buy and it's kind of like a... Farmville business model where right. you, know, you get in and it's free and there are these core people that are crazy that buy tons of different stuff apparently I don't know you know what as long as they don't force it on me I guess I don't care like I don't want to have anything to do with it though like, I do care when I accidentally click on it when I go on to go to the pay- PlayStation store <laughs> and that's then I have exactly to sit, what I was going to say then I have to sit there for like an hour and a half while it's like Starting home. <laughs> yeah, it, it's basically you only go there when you're trying to go to the store and right. you're like oh crap I pressed the wrong button yes. I just think it's sad I probably should have saved this for when Shane was here but I think it's sad <laughs> reality versus potential because I was excited about the potential I still kind of see the potential I think it's just an utter failure I think it's just chalk it up as an experiment Sure. loose it throw it away and come out with the best the, the, the new thing that is actually right. good and better and there's a reason to do um, do they have the trophy rooms yet? Uh, yeah, they've had those for like a long time. Well, in, the, in the beginning, I was I was upset that they were just spending all this time and money on that when they weren't getting other things right. But I feel like right. they've pretty much got the platform up to par now, mm. where I don't feel like it doesn't bother me anymore. So right? It's like oh, whatever. yeah, it's kind of just like a punching bag for me. I just yeah, kind of go to it when I'm feeling like aggressive. <laughs> and in that sense, if if you if any listeners out there care to want to try to defend PlayStation uh, Home. Um, I would totally love to hear it. Don't bother. No, no, no. I, seriously, though. Seriously. Really? Yeah, maybe we would have sell somebody me. Sell me on call it. in. Yeah, tell us what's good about it. Maybe I don't know. I haven't been on it for a year. I will say that. Um, I kind of follow the stuff that the blogs follow about it. But, I mean, really, like, yeah. I, I would love to hear somebody. Maybe you work for Sony. Maybe you're just a fan. Uh, you know, tweet us and let us know, and we could either have you on the show or record something or whatever. I would love to hear it because nobody came to the Game Boy's defense after I eviscerated it. Oh, I think because everybody just sort of shrugged you off. No, yeah. no, no, no. People tried. They're like, nah, but it's I love the Game Boy. The thing is, you compare. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, you're dragging me into this right now. No, do go. <laughs> you compare the Game Boy to platforms that didn't exist at the time the Game Boy came out. When the Game Boy was out, the Game Boy was amazing. What did I compare it to? The links. The links. And like. The, when did uh, the links come out? Like a year later, mm-hmm. right? But that still, first though, year what, was what, amazing. So the Game Boy was amazing for a year. What and games then were you playing? System on the came links? out that was like four generations after it. But Links wasn't that exciting because let's face it, the games that were on Links were mostly dog shit. Exactly. I mean, so exactly, you're proving my point for me. So Game Boy had Tetris. <laughs> that's it. So the technology, it. the system is shit. But the games that were on it were okay. Just. Be- by nature of the games, not the system. The system itself was crap. 
the system itself in hindsight was crap but at the time it wasn't as oh. bad as it, when there was nothing before it it was it was it was Surf a big ninjas. step up from what do you what do you say <laughs> there was even tiger handhelds at that time which was like oh, if i'm gonna be paying on, no exactly they were garbage but the Game Boy was not that far off them. You could not see that fucking screen worth anything. I mean, come on. It was shit. Have you looked at a Game Boy at all lately? Reminded I, yourself what it looks like? As I said, in hindsight, Game Boy is shit. But at the time, there was nothing like it. It was At the time, it was a huge step up from what we had before. You were willing to deal. <sighs> Back then, you Disagree. didn't know. Back then, you didn't even know what, like, a game. Remember Game Boy Color? We were all amazed by Game Boy Color. That's like a joke. I now. wasn't, but I had a Game Boy. Or a Game Gear, rather. Game Boy yeah. Color, I will tell you, I was like, okay, yes, finally. Right. Finally. At I was time. not amazed. I was like, finally. Like, the, the Turbo Graphics. Even the fucking Turbo Graphics had a full Turbo Graphics. It was ridiculously expensive. The but Turbo it was Express. Like, yeah, it was like, <laughs> yeah. that technology is out there. Game Boy, you are a piece of shit, technology-wise. <laughs> Garbage. I- Garbage. Even at the time, even if like a newborn baby, I feel like we're arguing different things. I feel like you're arguing like the, the the quality of the tech, which no one's arguing was. I mean, yes, it was crap. Versus like what the what it felt like at the time. At the time, like having a Game Boy in your hands, like that first month with Super Mario Land and Tetris and like Alleyway and if like you those could first fit games. Your hands around its. Come on, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> now you're just going shell. <laughs> no, it was. And I'm telling Why are you, you such a hater? Did you yeah. have it, like when no, it first came so out? I'm hate. telling you from my own experience. Mm-hmm. If this was I, even at the time, I was like, "This is garbage. This is a piece of shit." Like, if there was this and nothing, I will take nothing. Come on, I'm <laughs> serious. Why would, you, why would Dude, anybody take nothing? If it were, I took nothing. You know how crazy I am <laughs> in the games. I did not fucking even have any interest in a, another person having a Game Boy. I'm like, no, I don't even want to see it. <laughs> like, I tried I, playing Castlevania. I'm like, this is fucking trash. <laughs> This is like garbage. I had the same reaction that I had when somebody showed me a Game.com years later, which is like... And this wasn't because just because Castlevania sucked on Game Boy? Because it did. Like, it's not... It wasn't that. It was because, no. like, Zelda Link's Awakening was amazing on Game Boy. I'm I know like, that. I know that. And it wasn't that hard to play. I mean, I mean, yeah, you had the blur and everything, but, I mean, at the time, it was still... It was oh. like you had Zelda in your hand. Like, it, it that outweighed the ugliness. <laughs> just like it did on the Game Boy. I mean, come on. Game Boy... What was the next one? Game Boy Pocket? Much better, still ugly, but we got over it because there was cool stuff on it. Then, uh, you know, the Game Boy Camera came out. Game Boy Camera had like, like, could take pictures like the resolution of like a post. There is an app now. We still loved it. That mimics the Game Boy Camera. I hate to use this analogy, but it is. This is the most apt one that comes to mind. It's like drinking the finest champagne through a penis. Like if if I have to drink it through a penis, Did you make that up. Oh my! I don't want it. Okay, like yeah, the champagne might be awesome, but like if that's where it's coming out from, I don't need it. Like I, you know what I mean? That's what a Game Boy was. The Game Boy was a champagne-filled penis. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. Okay. I don't think I can put it Thank you for that image in my head. I want that gone. With that said. Uh, let's move on. Totally <laughs> move on to what? I think that's it. Uh, let's move on to our Dragon Quest. If, right, you, if you liked Game Boy as well, why don't you tweet us too so I don't feel all alone? Well, I'm sure battle. plenty of people will do that. I, I'm mm-hmm. sure. I quite enjoyed my Game Boy. Um, and my Game Boy Pocket. Actually, let's end and on a Game high Boy note Power. for Sony. Redeeming themselves. All yes. the stuff that they said. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, there might be some exciting announcements next week in Sony Land. Mm-hmm. Heard it here first. Um, with all of that, despite that, we forgive them. Yeah. And why do we forgive them? Two words. Mm-hmm. What are they? Tokyo Jungle. That's right. <laughs> Tokyo Jungle. Yes. The game it where lives. you play 
a Pomeranian in post-apocalyptic <laughs> Tokyo. I like how in the Famitsu article, yes. the Pomeranian is giving like that is amazing. <laughs> There's a superimposed picture of the Pomeranian like talking about uh, different things of gameplay. <laughs> um, I'm excited enough to follow every morsel of new info. Apparently, there's day and night cycle. Nice rain. There's rain. There's weather. There's real weather uh, in the game. You know, all that stuff is important when you're surviving in the Tokyo jungle. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, YouTube, check it out. Um, I tweeted a link to an old video, but there's some footage that came out of, uh, of TGS. This is a Sony game. Um, it does not have a release date, does it? Or just does says it? this year. It just says this year. Oh, awesome. So fuck Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, you know, The Last Guardian. Mm-hmm. We got Tokyo Jungle Hell still yeah. coming up. <laughs> also still coming up, uh, we have our friend Richard Honeywood, who's going to mm-hmm. talk game localization um his history everything else um so we'll take a quick break and when we come back we'll we'll be talking with him stick around From the future with our <laughs> very special guest, super special guest. Um, I almost feel like calling you special guest is doing a disservice to you because we say that almost every week with other special guests. But with our interns. Very big special guest, um, friend of 84 uh, and the show, Richard Mark Honeywood. And that's not a nickname, that's his actual middle name. <laughs> I, I kept it because it's such a great name. Um, how are you doing, Richard? Very good, thanks. Nice yeah. to be here. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming. So um, for people who um, don't know a little background, most recently you were at a little company called... Uh, Blizzard Entertainment. Blizzard Entertainment, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you're going to tell us all about Diablo 3 a little later. Of course. But, <laughs> but, but actually, we wanted to mostly talk to you about your previous job um, at uh, Squaresoft. Yeah, Square Enix, yeah. Back when it was called Squaresoft, yes. though, right? You started back early. So well, well, why don't you uh, say yourself, how did you get started in localization and uh, in this industry? Sure. Well, um, I actually went to high school in Japan like and um, university partly in Japan as an exchange student. Mm-hmm. And um, when I finished uh, university here, I applied for, at all the Japanese game companies because my major was in um, computer science and Japanese. And so... And I you pl- thought you were going to be a programmer? Or yes, did I, you I was a programmer. Be a, okay. Yeah. And the translation, you didn't really... At the time, no. It wasn't really... At the time, it wasn't a job. And, um, like, yeah, it, it, it didn't the, exist. Yeah. Localization <laughs> was just, like, thrown it to out side companies mainly and mm. really didn't think about it as a career so i first joined um an arcade um company when we made a game called raiden which was a big hit in the arcades raiden right the yes. shooting games yeah. yeah and so when i joined is that seibu 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 kaihatsu, seibu kaihatsu? the distributor right. but the actual company that makes it is called rise um one of the earlier yeah. like bullet kind of hell i mean it took shooters and just kind of turned it up with the crazy amounts of bullets on screen right yeah and one of the amazing things about that game it had um, artificial intelligence that checked how good the player was and would tone down or tone up the 
difficulty level. Really? Really? Match wow. the player. I Next. had no idea. I didn't either. So wait, yeah. so can you game the game by pretending to be a worse player near the start and get it to set itself sure. easier? Sure. If, you, if you're good enough at it, that, that's also a skill in itself. Interesting. Wow. Were you yeah. good enough at it? No. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. So wow. right into was, uh, was one of the ports I did as well. So I, when I first joined, my major job was the PlayStation was just about to come out. Sony had contacted us and they said, um, we need risk programmers. I had studied risk programming, like the risk architecture at university. Mm-hmm. So that's R I S C for people, not yeah, right. like risky, risky <laughs> or, the, or the board game. Yeah. <laughs> you did that too. I'm you sure to do it on a bed of spike. So <laughs> flaming. Yeah. Hits. So what happened there was that, um, they basically, yeah, took me like took me in. Um, I applied to all the companies. Like I've got like turn down letters from the best companies in Japan. <laughs> I've got le- turn down letters from Enix. I even interviewed at Square, and um, they turned me down at the time. Um, this is what years are we talking about? Well, this is back in. Well, I don't want to age myself too much here, <laughs> but. Um, Oh, we boy. got Moby Games to, yeah. to age you. Oh, I mean, Moby Games puts Raiden Project at 95. Is that around? Yeah, oh. it's around, right. So okay. that's, that was when it was released in America. But yeah, it was the year before when I first joined. But um, we, yeah, um, so all these other companies turned me down. But this uh, small company swooped me up because they just needed somebody with the risk skill set. And they didn't care if it was a foreigner or not. And so they brought me in. And um, that's I started that, um, working on the Raiden team. And we released the Raiden Project. It was a launch title in the oh, US. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and so we were the first to see the PlayStation architecture. It was mm. great. Hey. But um, after that release, we had a, a few other arcade titles. Like um, that, fine. I don't think some of them were released. Like there was Senku, which I had dubbed a battle with balls. A battle <laughs> with balls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, and I don't think it ever got sold oh, okay. in many arcades. You know? But um, yeah, there was a bunch of other little titles that we worked on. But then the Raiden team um, decided, as a group, let's split off and form our own company. Mm. And um, we formed a company called Digital Eden, and we marketed ourselves to all the different uh, major game companies. And in the end, um, we had a contract with Nintendo, and we moved to Corfu uh, in Yamanashi, um, yeah, to be near uh, Halkinkujo, which... That's right. Weren't you buddies with Iwata? Yeah, so Iwata um, was uh, the head of uh, Halkinkujo at the time, mm-hmm. and he... Hal come- Laboratory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does he really laugh that much? At the time, yeah, actually, he did too. Because, okay. like, the what I ask, you know, he's always laughing at right, me. Right, right. <laughs> but he's a really nice guy. And um, mm-hmm. so we got to meet Mr. Miyamoto as well. And um, they were funding us, and they would stop by um, every week. Uh, well, Iwata-san would stop by every week and check on us, how we're progressing. Mm-hmm. For two years, we're making games for the uh, 64DD. And, like, um, wow. Yeah, so two years, and it didn't come out. So we were like, wow. uh, yeah, at the end, it was like, wow, we've spent two years and have got nothing to show for it because every few months I just tell us, start from scratch, what make a were new you, game. What wow. were you making? Did they have you making shooters? They yeah, it was, you- um, they really wanted us to make a shooting game, but we were making like a... At the time, one of the biggest games that we worked on for the longest period of time was like um, a 3D shooting game from Japan, like um, yeah, like a Doom clone type thing. But it had kids wearing like paper hats and running around with water pistols, and it was like a really wow. Nintendoized Doom type idea. Really, uh, and that was our one of our titles we were working on, but it got uh, cancelled as well. And they said start with a new one. So we really hadn't accomplished anything in two years, and money was running out, and the 64DD ended up being cancelled. Um, it was released in Japan later on. but um, Did you guys think still... that the 64DD, were you like, man, this thing's going to take the world by storm? Or, or were you, like, yeah. skeptical from uh, the start? Because, I mean, the whole reason behind it, right, was that the cartridges were getting so expensive that the, the Nintendo 64 was stuck with. And so it was kind of sort of going to be a way maybe around that. Yep, that was the idea. And we thought that, yeah, maybe this would catch on. Like, this right. system in Japan 
worked. I didn't right. really catch on overseas. Um, that, that's back on the Super Famicom or the uh, SNES. But um, yeah, there was a disc system back in the day. But uh, uh, yeah, the, the I guess um, yeah, it was the same idea, and we we're hoping that it would succeed. And we really worked on that hardware and so the games we were making were really utilizing that hardware wow and so you were yeah. like creating your own uh water gun doom levels and stuff like that right writable stuff yeah it was yeah. like we had to program everything from scratch once again it was all on slick and graphics um machines back then because oh, we right. didn't have real hardware right. so um, luckily um yeah. a 64 dd programming though skill set is something very applicable that you've used <laughs> since many yeah, times <laughs> career, i'm sure yeah, major career change that one <laughs> Yeah, you so, see that on the resume, and they're like, yeah. "I don't, I don't need to see the rest. You're hired." <laughs> well, funny enough, it is a yeah, it's a talking point every company you go to. It seems I'm then. sure. Right. What yeah. was that like? Yeah. So it was just the uh, this part really fascinates me, though, not to stick on sure. this part too long. But so it was the squirt gun game that they kept having you do start over and over. Or no, they there... kept asking us basically to make another write-in type shooting game. That's ah. what they wanted—a top-down two D uh, shooting game. But we really wanted to branch out and do something different. And shooting games then and even now, like this is. 15 years ago um, still haven't really caught on in Japan we were really hoping to make something that would catch on in Japan right mm. by Japanese people and make it really cutesy that a kid could uh, uh, yeah play sure mm. sure and um, yeah we had some great like water balloon and other throwing actions put in there and it was you know it's a fun game like the time but just never saw the day yeah you know, the light of day so so when Iwata and Miyamoto would visit was it just Iwata who would visit it was mainly um, Iwata-san who'd come was, by. Yeah. was it like uh, Darth Vader visiting the Death Star no. <laughs> actually it was really nice and um, he was really nice to us all the time. Huh. He would be there. He was always positive, And he would even talk about the difficulties he would have in his company at times mm-hmm. and um, you know, be totally open with us because he knew that we were having difficulties. Like, you know, two years, keeping motivation up, having people tell you, start again, start again, start right. again. Right. It was ridiculous. So, um, yeah. So they were probably working on Kirby, the star racing game or yeah, whatever, and that got forever. Canceled. That yeah. thing got and there was right. many times. Mother 3 as well was the other one that kept oh, going. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> there was, remember those beautiful screenshots uh, of that? Yeah. I, well, I'm glad it came out on the GBA in 2D, but I really wanted that Nintendo 64 version, or the DD yeah. version. Rather. Yeah. Beautiful is a, definitely a relative term. Because <laughs> right. I remember yeah. thinking time. that yeah, as well, but if you go back and look at those screenshots, yeah, any N64 screenshots, but... Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so okay, so money was running out and the writing was on the wall yep. for this. And we all like, um, decided to leave, and I had been totally open with Boss because we founded the company together. So it was like, you know, just as much of my money was on the line as everybody else's. And it was just like, yeah, we're falling apart. All the staff came to my house one night and we just had a meeting and said, yeah, I think we should just all quit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, at the time, Iwatason actually stepped in because um, I applied to Nintendo when I was quitting, and um, he took me to. <laughs> Uh, this is really embarrassing, the stupidest decision I've ever done in my life. But Mr. <laughs> Iwata took me to Kanda in Tokyo. On, like we caught a Azusa together, and on the way, he's talking about this secret title. And he showed me this uh, Pokemon game. And Wow. I, I oh, was, my God. I have a look at it, and I'm like, no, nah, I don't think it's going to sell. <laughs> <laughs> I turned it down. Why? Wow. What do you mean wow. you turned it down? You had a chance to work on it? Yeah, he was offering me to work on the Pokemon team in uh, uh-huh. Kanda. That was back before it really had caught on. Like, it was... um. It, in the end, I think that it was the Pokemon game was actually out. They were more, more working on like a Pokemon Snap type, um, those type of games at the time. That was what they were in the planning stages of. Oh, okay. And uh, and they were showing me it was still like in a really rough stage. And um, so wait, he yeah. was showing you the original Pokemon wasn't out yet. It, it was Boy just one. being released at that time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So because it took a little while for that for to, to actually catch on. Catch on right. right. Yeah. So at the, and at the time, it had all like you know he was just showing me really rough screenshots of. Uh, 
of what you know they were going to create and stuff like that and i was just like no i turned them down and said like i'll try like elsewhere and also just the fact that i, I didn't want to have bad blood between my boss and iwata-san and all that type of stuff uh, going on. right mm. right if you would have gone over yeah then, okay. yeah mm. so um but i was very thankful because you know that was a quite an honor to have yeah him offer me a job even though i was yeah sure his, mm-hmm. um yeah one of his companies but um yeah, we after that I, I applied to Square again, and this time um, as a programmer. And this time they actually took me. It's like Ken Narada, the uh, head programmer there, uh, interviewed me, took me in, and said, "Yeah, you can work on the Final Fantasy um, team as a programmer." And I'm like, "Yes." And then which Final Fantasy was he uh, talking was, about? The seven at the time actually was. was wow. um, so you worked on seven? As no, a actually, oh, okay. this is where it gets funny. <laughs> Just as um, so I'd been accepted for seven, then they they call me back, and um, said like oh we need to speak to you again i'm like okay this is really weird what's going on and the president of the american office uh uh came over and, and said like um yeah we were in the middle of translating seven at the time and um, it's basically they finished by the time i entered but they um and they're like this is an awesome translation <laughs> so amazing well, best localization ever no typos in the whole thing this man are sick <laughs> well uh, at the time, you know, they had some success in the West, and they were thinking of making a full localization team in the headquarters because at the, th- the time they just had one translator in the American office who was backed up by people outside the company. So Ted- Michael Basket was at, oh, at that okay. um, stage. So Ted had um, left quite a long time before that. So um, yeah, and um, I'm like, sure. Like I didn't realize that you could be a translator of games. Like I'd sort of done on the side before for the titles I had um, made, but. It's like, okay, sh- yeah, sounds interesting. I'll give it a go. And they said, okay, so yourself and um, like a Japanese-raised Korean girl, um, Ito Aiko, um, they just pushed together and said, okay, you, you're the two localization people. Um, get at it. And So the two of you yeah. basically started Square's localization department. Yeah, wow. it was like humble beginnings. Um, we have, of course, we still had Michael in the uh, U.S. office. And um, so he had... Uh, just by the time I entered, um, yeah, Final Fantasy VII's translation had done. It was just being released. Um, Can't take credit for that. No, no. Gem. <laughs> but, well, actually, I wish I could, but no. But it's like, um, but yeah, the first thing I did was speak to Michael about the translation then and how we can improve things. And right. even then, um, the original idea at Square was that localization does all the programming and the translation and everything. So the the first oh. title they actually gave me was Chocobo's Dungeon, and mm. they just passed mm. it to me and said have at it and I looked at the source code and it wasn't complete and I'm like can I get the, the full source code because I can't even compile mm-hmm. a Japanese version mm. and they're like oh we sort of dis- like the, the scene split up it dissolved and they're all over the place and no one really kept a backup on a server and it's all on their own machines and <laughs> so those stories were actually real because we used yeah. to hear those kind of stories right yeah. like why yeah. games wouldn't come over there's no source code or right. whatever mm-hmm. just back then they just made the game sold it and then right. moved on and you just mm-hmm. they didn't Amazing. reuse any source code because they reuse the know-how, but they don't reuse source code. It was a matter of pride back then as a craftsman. You don't reuse mm. the source code. You build again and improve. And so, yeah, they didn't. They didn't keep it. So we were just like, <laughs> "That's crazy." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. So from there, we um, from that was the first thing we learned: get the teams to give us source code. Um, and then after a while, we decided we can't even do it ourselves. It's not localizable, so we have to get the original programmers to do it. So we decided, okay, from then on, we'll um, give them the translation. We have to. Um, book the time of the programmers and that's how we went hmm. uh, going forward but you know with the, at first it was like Final Fantasy 7 wasn't re- like it just been released and 
at that time, you know, we had to proselytize to try and get them to do localization. We'd walk around to each of the, the teams and say, could you please allow us to localize your game? And they'd be in the, it's, it's pocket money. It's not going to make any money. Mm. And then suddenly seven sold a million copies. And mm. they're like, ooh, um, wow. <laughs> suddenly it's Start like, lining up, right? Yeah, it's like suddenly, wow. Instead of making a title, like from scratch, we're suddenly getting the profits of a Japanese release from the US and now Europe as well. And then it's suddenly like everybody was clamoring. And then we had to increase the size of the department. And, you know, each... Um, Every month or so, we'd add a new person and slowly build it up. And by the time I was there for 10 years, and by the time I left, the, com- uh, the localization department was over 52, 53 people. Wow. wow. And we, not just Jeez. Japanese to English, but Japanese into German and French directly, which was very rare. Like, mm. you know, oh, yeah. Now it's yeah. hard. You know. Right. So, yeah. And um, basically, because I was the first guy there, I was jack of all trades. So sometimes I'd program and um, help on the technical side. Sometimes I'd just like um, help run the department. Other times... I'd take on a title like if it's a challenge on the title or a specific goal like to train you stuff mm-hmm. then I'd take even some of the simpler titles and then train you stuff up on like a game like Chocobo Racing or whatever that are yeah. you saying Chocobo's Racing is a simple yeah game? It's to translate Racing <laughs> <laughs> is a simple translate I can't yeah. imagine no I, I'm just kidding but what's, well some of the games in, in that time that I think a lot of people would like to hear more about is uh, well Xenogears was probably one of the earlier games right yep. how done. much text is in that game oh like, boy it was huge back then. I like that. Uh, I've, some people have heard interviews about this before, but yeah, it was one of the, the toughest pro, like, well, toughest projects I've ever been on. Um, and it was what actually shaped localization going forward. After that, that's where we learn all the best practices. Like uh, Michael had started the translation, hadn't been given f- proper familiarization. So if you look at the opening movie, it says like they're attacking us. It's not them. It's God breaking out of the the engine of the machine and attacking them. But it, right. it's translated as them because he didn't know. What was going on? on. And he had to do the movie first without translating the game. Mm -hmm. And so he just had to translate that part blind. Then we couldn't go back and re-record that because of budget and schedule issues. So um, we had all the voice (laughs) recording done. And then... um, uh, basically after that Michael left and the there was two new translators hired in the US office and it was really difficult because the uh, yeah, the language level of that game is pretty high it's like oh, a lot yeah. of scientific terminology a lot of um, like very strange um, uh, philosophical yeah. And, yeah, technical stuff in there and it's just it's, I think it's okay to use the words mumbo jumbo because yeah. it's a lot of philosophical <laughs> mumbo jumbo because I learned a lot of it working on Xenosaga yep. games so I know exactly what you're talking and, about yeah the internet's great now but back then we didn't uh-huh. even have internet access right. it was yeah. like God. Square didn't allow us to even have access outside the company so what were you wow. guys using to put in text at that time were you I mean were you using Excel or was nope. there just like it was crazy when I first joined Square we had to type everything in double byte so even English, you had to type in zenkaku moji, like yeah. uh, if you know Japanese. But like you know, so instead of being able to type even in just your plain um, extended ASCII, you'd have to type in shift gis, which is Japanese encoding. So therefore, spelling checkers don't work. That, that's oh my god! Wow. Then you have all these hidden macros in, in Japanese. I guess tokens in English that you'd use a, a specific Chinese character to represent an umlet on an A or whatever. Like so, if you want to type a European letter or, or like the word cafe, and you want to put the uh, accent on the E then you had to type a special Chinese character for it so you're in- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Yeah, and that's how Final Fantasy 7 was translated then when I got in there it's like this is crazy let's make a little converter so some of the programming came in handy there I yeah. allowed the, the translators to type in uh, basic normal ASCII we converted into uh, the Japanese sure. encoding and so we could finally use spell checkers and stuff like that but up into Xenogears, um, like we still had to type it in the old 
Wow. Um, so, I mean, I guess that kind of explains all the typos in Final Fantasy VII, right? Could be, yeah. Like, but Well, yeah, it's I, also QA as well. It was, it was still in the, in the early days. And they, yeah. Yeah, they weren't given enough time and scheduling was an issue. And, right. it, you know, it, it was tough. You know, it was, we, were finding, we were pioneering localization. Even though they had yeah. been di- doing translation before video games for a long time, in many ways we were finding how to do it properly and right. yeah, getting respect inside dev teams and stuff well back to uh, back to Xenogears so are there other I know people would just love to hear any other like stories Trivia. or memories you have yeah oh boy that, um, yeah it was the project from hell like it, <laughs> because it was so big yeah and translators walked off it like they said like I can't do it like, oh, and really? one was because it was too technical and it was above right the uh it gets all metaphysical yeah. and yeah. Oh, yeah which it was above my yeah translation ability at the time too and um the other was it's um it, like we're scared because of religious content it was like this right. really it, you know it's a game where in the end of the game you basically kill god and you know just a secret thing that back then they actually called it yahweh it was the last boss was yahweh and i'm like i was actually <laughs> at a meeting with the development team and said in japanese was saying you know you can't call it Yahweh and you, you know, it's, 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 right. it's, you can't do that and I was just like getting exasperated and I said in Japanese Yabeyo and they all laughed and thought it was the greatest pun ever <laughs> <laughs> and so the last boss was suddenly called Yabe <laughs> really? yeah oh, that's wow. how it gets called Yabe in Japanese so it's like, Yabe uh, Yabe is just like it's uh, uh, yeah that's like just dangerous, dangerous or yeah, dangerous or bad or, or, yeah. or whatever yeah. <laughs> that's awesome and so we, we end up calling it Yabe in, um, in the English back then but it was it was crazy because it just had everything basically it took every biblical reference they could and tried to twi- twist it it had pedophilia priests in there it had um like you know, it had like classic guy, you know, guns don't people guy kill people, people kill people, that type of thing. It had all these like, right, you know, every idea you could throw in that game, and which yeah. is why people love one of the reasons why people love it. I think yeah, it's it was like, cutting edge. It was pretty yeah, like, it yeah, touched, yeah, at the time. It touched on any kind of religion. I remember, especially at the time, was yeah. like, wait, what really? Yeah, yeah. and it, yeah, it jumps a shark a few times because you got like you know a big fluffy animal being crucified and <laughs> <laughs> like choo choo died for your sins. It's like, <laughs> but um. Yeah, you know, there, there was some of the content was there. And so, like, one of the translators was like, I'm a bit worried about this. You know, I don't want to have, like, you know, um, fundamental Christians or other religious groups getting upset and blowing up our office. And, mm-hmm. you know, I guess in the States at that time, it was a concern. And wow. So, mm-hmm. I had two translators walk off it, and I was stuck there by myself. I had a, my original three-month schedule was blown out to six months, and I'd go back to the dev team and even then ask for more time. And they were like... Yeah, Mr. Tanaka, I always call him Mr. T, so... Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> Mr. T. But, yeah, Mr. Tanaka at the time just said, like, listen, you can program, just you, you just make the build yourself and um, just try and get it out as fast as possible because marketing in the US is the one that's putting pressure on us, not, yeah, mm. it's not the dev team, it's because, mm. you know, you're doing all the translation and you can make the builds and you can handle the QA, everything yourself, just contact us if there's anything you can't handle. So I sat in with the development team, but... I was translating like crazy, trying to finish it off, and I didn't have editors at the time. I was sleeping oh, in the geez. server room. Oh my it's the God. only place to get sleep. Because that's probably the warmest room. In yeah, the... it's quietest room. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Because you had the white noise from the servers yep. just coming? Wow. And How much sleep were you getting? Every like, Maybe one... I'd, I'd get one night's sleep every two or three days. It was just... What? I was just working nonstop. It was, I was Japanese just, style. Yeah. Wow. So nice. it was the point where the, the monitor was... Like, not the screen, but the whole monitor and the desk around it was waving, <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, I've Asleep and it's more like you died for the Xenogears fans. Yeah, I right. Think. Mm. I, I just wanted to get it out because it was one of my first major titles. I want to prove myself, but there were so many things I knew was wrong, and I just wanted to correct going forward. So after Xenogears, the first thing we did was okay, let's um, 
like okay proper familiarization time let's make sure we have proper glossary creation period um style guide creation so that because we had it if you look there it's it, the text is mixed i had two americans working on the text and myself so the punctuation is different like back mm. then we were so naive we didn't even realize oh let's put it in english but you don't realize every person writes english differently yeah. Yeah. oh yeah and uh, yeah, you learned on Drangos, but yeah, so, <laughs> Let's get into that. Yeah, yeah but sure. the, the punctuation was uh, it was all over the place, and so I didn't realize until halfway through, and then I had to go back and rewrite all the punctuation everywhere. And I can remember having an argument, with, and I apologize to the guy now because I was like, you know, you don't put commas inside quotation like uh, inside uh, quotation marks, or yeah, you know, that, the punctuation right, the rules marks. are different in different regions. Yeah, yeah. and. How I was naive you, at the time. Yeah. Yeah. How did you not burn out working like yeah. getting one day of sleep yeah. every three and I just love the title. I just wanted this to get out. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. It was just passion. probably knew you were a part of something big too. Like you said, you guys kind of were pioneers. I mean, even today, you know, we work mm-hmm. on a lot of games and we also work with Square sometimes. And um, I, to this day, Square is still one of the best companies for giving you familiarization time mm-hmm. with the project. When you yeah. start... They ask us, how much time do you need to get familiar with the game before you begin? Some companies are like, what time tomorrow can you start? Like, it's not, you know, it's, and that's, I guess, in effect, because of you. So, that's best practices. That's what we started to try and put in. And then I made sure every transfer that joined the company afterward learned from my mistakes so that we wouldn't repeat them. That's great. Mm -hmm. So, what were some of the first titles to benefit from that post Xenogears Final Fantasy VIII? Um, yeah, well, that um, once again, that was one where, like, back then we we're still small, so it's like every, like, you know, all hands on deck type thing. Everybody was involved with those titles. Final Fantasy VIII, for instance, we did programming. We, we fixed up the whole uh, having to type everything in uh, double byte, and we gave them tools. So finally, we could use spell checkers. We allowed them to familiarize and gloss, make a glossary. So then you saw how the spell names suddenly improved. They sort of made the spell names more like. Uh, the Japanese spell names, putting in the Araga right. types, you know, fire, right. you know, fire, fire, and fire. Go. Oh, right. Yeah. And that's where it came from because the translators finally had time to think about it and right. say, well, rather, and at the same time, um, we had finally started to win the battle about um, getting uh, proportional fonts. So we had more room on screen to um, yeah, fit more text in. So, sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, what about, so, and then Chrono Cross, like, uh, what was. What was that like? Oh, you guys that's excited to. Yeah, uh, it was great. That was a challenge because um, a lot of people, yeah, I've spoken about this before, but it's like it's automatic accent generation in that game. So the Japanese, you can do really cheap um, accents in Japanese by just changing the uh, verb endings, but right. in English, it's not that easy. So uh, going into that, I knew that there was no way we could fit. Like uh, there was 44 playable characters um, from memory, and there was no way you could write the same text out 44 times for every character. And but then you don't want to have like you know um, a voodoo doll and a mermaid and a pirate and um, a French musketeer and all these other characters and a Mexican wrestler all these other things speaking with the same accent so right. it's like you can't just have them all having plain text so what do we do and um, that's where we sat down like I just went and designed an automatic accent generation back the day there were a few like things like the yeah um, yeah speak like a a hick or a, like that, that, hmm. those type of uh, accent generators existed on, online. Oh, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're right, yeah, right. And you can parse the text, but I thought, well, how can you do it real time? So we basically went and took that text and tokenized everything. So every single vowel and consonant was a token. And oh, my goodness. Yep. So you just pick which one would become a V or a TH, depending on if they had a lisp or uh, whatever speech impediment we decided to give them. Wow. And That must have been yeah. hard to look at. Like on, I mean, from the ba- on the back end, like just sure. looking at that text must have been just like completely scrambled. Yeah, but I had that covered because we made a conversion tool. And mm-hmm. so basically it learned from the translators as we went along. So 
uh, and at the time, once again, it was Mr. Snacker's team, and so he, yeah. Mo- these days, if you turn around and said like, oh, I want to make an automatic accent generation and put it in the game, be like, you can't. It's going to blow out our schedule and QA right. is impossible, etc. Right. But back then, they yeah trust me enough. Let's go ahead. And so um, I flew over to America and sat down with the translators over there, and we went through and um, like um, Yutaka and Sami would on board with it, and we we went through every single. Um, line and put in the the tokens and we started making a tool that would learn from previous translations and just put in sort of a dictionary and every time mm. we corrected something it would learn from that mistake and correct going forward cool and Jesus. then to check it we also made a QA tool that um, you could put up on screen the, all 44 accents and so a QA staff member would just go through and check every single line on one accent in nice. the text before we put on the, in the game. Wow. Yeah. Well, we get a lot of feedback where people want to know more about localization and what we do. So those people, <laughs> yeah. those people are now getting a double barrel uh, <laughs> blast of what they of what they asked for. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But um, so just to then bring us um, to what we're talking about now. So then Dragon Quest. Um, I mean, there's lots of uh, of other games that you worked on, but. Um, Dragon Quest, starting with eight, was the one where you guys kind of said, "Okay, let's throw away what's been done until now." And you guys had like a like a jam session to think of how the world was going to work, right? Yeah. So what, how Dragon Quest happened was basically because the merger when um, Enix took over Square. And That's right, because Dragon Quest was an Enix game. Yeah, right, right. And um, yeah, so basically what happened then was like they wanted to do a reboot of the game and make sure it sold in the West and. I was working Final Fantasy XI at the time. It was my fourth year on it. And <laughs> wow. Yeah, you know, poor, I would, poor man. I would have kept going. I, I love the title. but um, uh, like It's funny because, yeah. just a quick side note, uh, I've done, you know, whenever we do um, translations for games now, and I'm I, there's like a weapon type, and I'm like, I've never heard of this type of weapon. I'm like, I don't even know what this is. And I'll Google it, and almost always... The thing that comes up is Final Fantasy XI. There must be just a bazillion weapons yeah. in that game. That's, I mean, yeah. literally, sometimes it's like Final Fantasy XI, and that's the only link I can find to even mention of this these weird, uh, like obscure types of weapons. Yeah, well, it's been going on for so long that we've covered everything, and we sat next to the the guy that names everything in the game, and he would just ask us, "Can you get, come up with first thing in the morning? Be like, oh, give me twenty Tarotar names and forty Elvan names, and." Like, yeah okay because it was all in English even in Japanese so yeah right and we'd have to sit down with them and um, and make sure it works both in Japanese and English and right it was, it was a great project but anyway yeah but that's yeah. a sidetrack on a so, final level so yeah but Dragon Quest yeah. yeah so they basically stepped in and said um, yeah we need somebody to reboot the Dragon Quest series and um, was it a given that it was not going to be Dragon Warrior at the time it's still Dragon Warrior like if the right. really but yeah and then but they um so we stepped over and went over to the Dragon Quest team, and that, that's some of the things we discussed with them. It's like, yeah, okay, we, we actually formed a great team. Like, Jin Kimura is just a great partner for myself. He was another uh, producer, and um, so he was more of the, uh, I, I guess, the bean counter, the more of the, the guy that, like, did the schedules and budgets, and he let me just focus on the creative side. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at the previous Dragon Warrior translation, spoke to the previous translators and uh, those companies, and talked about whether to use them again or whether to try and do something new, and I really wanted to make something that differentiated it from the Final Fantasy series. Mm, you know, right. Yeah. At that point, yeah, you know, we've done so many games in American English using the same American voice actors, and it's even worse today because they're still using the same actors in every right. title. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we needed something to differentiate it. And it, it's a game that has a lot of heart and a lot of comedy, and I wanted to do something, you know, 
it's more fantasy too. It hasn't got the cyberpunk feel that Final Fantasy does, so therefore it lends itself more to a traditional type of translation. So, right. you know, I went in there and thought about it and said, okay, I, I really want to do this in British English. I really want to have it lighthearted and comical. You know, and basically I did a design document and took it to the development team and said, this is what I want to do. Is it okay with you? Um, and then let me form a team that, will can, that can do this. And so I wanted to have some people that were experienced in the Dragon Quest game. So I brought back the, um, Matt Alt and Hiroko. Um, they had worked on Seven, And so they at least had somebody that had worked on a Dragon Ge- uh, Quest game before to, to keep yeah, some connection with the, t- with the series. Right. Mm. And um, at the same time, I contacted uh, Japanese to British English translators that are out there. I even found a British English editor within our QA department in the UK and uh, promoted and tra- trained him up to be an, an editor. And, um, yeah, because even, once again, British English is it's even more difficult than American English because you've got so many accents. Right. And were right. people like, okay, yeah, Amer- British English, go for it. I mean, nobody was skeptical. Like, well, Americans yeah. don't want to read British. It's, it was terrible. I, to try and convince... Oh, first of all, the UK side was ecstatic. It was like, yeah, great. But the US side was Good no. Good show. Good show, like, then. <laughs> yes, no. Well done. <laughs> I wish. But um, the, the US side was like... Uh, I, I won't say his name, but there was a few other a few people in that, in that company that were adamant about it. And even to this day, they still haven't forgiven me. And it was just like, <laughs> it's like it's not going to sell. You're ruining the chances of this game selling. And um, they, I got so much cash, but I just knew it would work. And I just mm. knew it would um, just give something a different feeling. So we had to make some compromises. We we didn't make it full on British. We it's actually we call it British light, but L I T E is a joke. But um, <laughs> you know, to, British light. Yeah. So it's just like. It's British English, but it's um, toned down to an extent that Americans still can get it either from, yeah, directly from the text or from the context. That's right. Stra- and that's mm-hmm. why we always are very careful about it. We had a lot of strategy going into it. We planned it. The very first town is uh, is always like the, the language is a bit easy, the, the first uh, par- like few paragraphs or whatever, just to slowly edge you, and then you hit, right. hit with an accent after mm-hmm. it. Right. Um, Shakespeare, boom, full on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, you know, even the old translations tried to do a bit of Shakespearean. In the, in, like, they, you could see that they tr- were trying Bees to... and the vowels. Yeah. Right. But, um, you know. So, then you guys... But you guys just decided, okay, we're going to make the world... As part of this, did you guys go down through glossary terms? Did you go through, mm-hmm. okay, here's what... All the spells, we're going to throw away everything up until now, the legacy stuff. Well, we were trying to keep it as much as we could, but then, back then... We knew that we suddenly had more tech, like more room. Like back then, even on seven, they had like six letters or seven letters to deal with the item names. Seven was really janky. Like they cut, I mean, one through four actually was extremely ahead of its time for America. It had like two line item names, which some games even now don't have. It had really nice, like long terms and stuff. But then seven was like nine characters for everything, like nine letters for anything in the game. And that was all in, uh, once again, that that was still doing double by text. You can see the the font was also like fixed Mm. font. We knew that we could go in there and um, not only claim more memory, but more room on screen using a better font, really bring it into the modern age. So the reboot there was like, okay, we've got freedom. We're going to rename it. Why not do a full reboot? And um, we did talk about the spell names, but Horisan wasn't even happy with the spell names in the original because, you know, there were errors in there. In, like, Horisan, the creator of yeah. Dragon Quest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's very hands-on, right? Yeah. Even to this day w- he, with these things. Yeah, he's um, it's his title. It's his baby. We had to convince him on every single step of the way. So every name he went through and checked and would sometimes reject it and mm-hmm. uh, made us change things over and again. Spell names were the biggest one. Like, we really wanted to go at the time we wanted to keep the the essence of the Japanese which was a lot of um, 
um, Anamonopia. It's basically like the Japanese spell names are all Anamonopia. Sounds, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to try and do that, but it didn't really work that easily in English because you have different levels. So, um, yeah, we had to make a system that was both Anamonopeic, but also had, you know, three or four levels. But we knew going forward it was going to go up to like five, six, possibly eight levels of um, different spell names. So we had to make something that was expandable going forward and... Uh, um, that was a the spell names that was a, took us the longest time. It was rejected so many times that we went back and forth on it, and um, you know it was a compromise. There was a few in there that we weren't happy with, but we still got something that was very workable and we're proud of because it was it's it's true to the Japanese and it works in English. But right. the the process was you guys didn't you hold yourselves up in like yeah. a, a hotel room or something? Yeah, at the time we we had a budget, so it was right. like, yeah, we couldn't go like crazy. We did the first Dragon Quest Eight. We flew everybody to Tokyo. And we actually did the gloss creation in the uh, Tokyo office. Everybody, the freelance translators, translators yes. we were working with. So we had the alts that were already in Tokyo, but then we had Claire and Will from uh, Plus Alpha Translations. They came in. And then we had... And they're from... Where were they from? They're from far away. Yeah, they're, they're originally from England, but they moved across Europe and had settled in Slovenia at the time. And wow. so, yeah, we brought them over. But then going forward... Um, yeah, Claire has a uh, fear of flying too, so she, yeah, oh. she can't come over very much. And they had fl- like later on they had family, so we ended up going to Slovenia and to Austria to do the filmization because it was actually wow. cheaper. Can you imagine that? Yeah, <laughs> crazy. It was cheaper, and so we were locked ourselves up in the cheap hotel room and just went at it for like sometimes uh, four weeks at a time, just create all the glossaries um, and the style guides, and then. Everybody split apart, and then I'd go back and review all the text to make sure it um, kept the style. And um, yeah, it was how we did That's, it. Yeah. It's interesting because we're, we're going to get real soon here to questions that we got from from uh, listeners from Twitter and elsewhere. And one of them is um, people asking about um, uh, hacker alias Luke Maxwell is asking regarding Dragon Quest. Can you guys talk about continuity between naming conventions in the recent games? Is there a name bible? And yeah, other people are asking Bible for spell names, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, so that was the first thing we did was create, uh, uh, apart from the style guide, also the glossary. And we sat down, like, it took us a long time for eight. That was one, you know. Because eight was the first one. Yeah. And so we were all in, like, you know, we had them in our office and we'd argue like crazy. It was, it, it was tough because you had two Americans, two British, an Australian guy, and like, the uh, British editor, and even all the British and the uh, American Japanese and American all come from different backgrounds too, so they're not even right, the right. same even with our own countries. So that's why we're trying to make a, uh, something that was consistent between translators from very different backgrounds. Mm. And, you know, we when I went into it with some policies. It was like, yeah, we're going to do um, a lot of humor, a lot of puns, uh, a lot of wordplay, and I always shorten it down to lits and ass, but it's basically uh, alliteration and assonance. We, oh, nice. And yeah, that was our pun term. Um, <laughs> and we, we make everything feel funny, even though it's like some of the, the game's themes can be dark at times, but overall sure. it's a pretty fun game. You look at the characters yeah. and right, know, right, yeah. smiley yeah. styles and stuff. Right. Well, and, and, um, well, yeah, why don't we just continue with um, the reader's questions? Because I think a lot of it um, is going to touch on different... Uh, a lot of these questions are going to touch on different aspects um, mm-hmm. of that. And also, well, for people who don't know, hopefully we've mentioned it before in this podcast, mm-hmm. but so we at A4 here worked on Dragon Quest Six. We sort of picked up the torch, yeah. After, yes. uh Because, Richard, you worked on 8, and you worked on 4, and you worked on 5. You laid out some rough ideas for six which we tried to maintain as much as possible um then you also did rocket slime yep and swords uh, 
And swords. I forgot about yeah. swords for the Wii. And did right. you do Joker too? Yeah. Joker. So you Joker's basically did everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did people know within Square that swords was like kind of screwed up? That you, yeah. that you couldn't you couldn't do. I mean, it was requiring these like diagonals <laughs> and things. That you, I loved the game actually. Yeah. I got really addicted to it, but it was not accurate. No, enough. it's not. Wii at the time wasn't like they put. That's why they put the those motion little, plus. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, but it was hilarious because I was working on that in secret, so people couldn't even look in my booth at what I was doing. And you know, some of those are. Uh, you know, master moves that you have to oh, do yeah. can be a bit like strange when you suddenly walk someone's walking by a booth and you're shaking the uh, Wii remote <laughs> up and down very <laughs> wondering what the hell's going Swinging on at your yeah it was like um, yeah so it was pretty funny because they didn't even know we were working on the Wii at the time so it was yeah oh right <laughs> yeah. okay so that was that that was that early yeah. right. wow. so that was one of the first third party games that they announced yeah. right yeah so um, yeah we worked on all of those and so basically yeah, we had set up a, a, a thing that would go forward like we even going for, into well, eight was the first one, but then four, five, and six, we knew were connected. So we sort of set them up that we knew four was going to be heavily accented. Six, like five, would be less accented. I had set it up originally so that six would even be, yeah, going forward in the future. But there's, um, there's a reason. Yeah, we yeah. shouldn't spoil because it would be a spoiler to say why. But so what? So what he's talking about? A lot of you probably have, who've played Dragon Quest Four know that it's like extremely accent heavy. Like some, I even found some of them like hard to read. Like it's that heavy. Five, they toned it down. It was like really nice level. And then six. They were going to do something. I, we shouldn't say why because it's a spoiler, but it turned out later that what they thought wasn't actually the case, and therefore we couldn't do it that way. So it kind of broke the plan. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we ended yeah. up going with a totally different plan for six um, that, that I still think worked out, but it's yeah, it wasn't what the original yeah. uh, guys had see, in mind. Yeah, you can see also Horizon sometimes changes things. Like, you know, we had things like really well set up for uh, five, for instance, that you'd have uh, Nella and Bianca, black and white, as your two girls that you'd marry. And suddenly he throws in a third girl, and we're like, oh, great, that just ruins our black and white naming. And, um, suddenly we were trying to put in red in there but like um he wouldn't allow us to use names like rubella and stuff because it, yeah um he thought that the pun wasn't nice so um <laughs> yeah so we ended up with just a normal so name broke the consistency yeah but um yeah these are the type of things he would change stuff on us um even though the game had already been released in japanese before and we had to go back and you know change our minds again but yeah we went in there we were, uh, we were very thought out plan we knew exactly where we wanted to take the um, series because we knew what was coming up in the two or three years in advance which is great for translators usually who don't get context right and yeah that's how we worked it well so here's uh, so speaking of Dragon Quest 4 people are asking what's up with the party chat being cut from North mm. American Dragon Quest 4 what happened yeah. there that's uh, <laughs> Hacker alias uh, on Sit Twitter down, at Final Max Storm um, he's saying too much time spent on the accents no 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 <laughs> what it was <laughs> what it was is that we actually wanted to translate that because that, that's where we put up, we could even go crazy with the accents because um, you know right. a lot of the time it's not the actual person speaking it's the townspeople that speak that gives the accent so yeah Torneco giving the Irish um, lilt to the guy he, he doesn't actually speak that much it's the townspeople that gave him the setting mm-hmm. um and you know, but the with the um, the party chat, we really wanted to put it in there, and that's why we fought very hard to put it in five. But it was just a budgetary thing. They didn't weren't sure how four would sell on the DS in America. Right. They wanted to cut costs somehow. We didn't want to cut quality. Um, we already had accents. Like we, we can do accents down pat. It didn't really slow down the translation. Yeah, you had to do forty four for uh, Chrono. Yeah. So, <laughs> but the for people who don't know, party chat is like basically anytime anything happens in the game, even down to like talking to an NPC, you can hit a button or do something, and you're 
chatter happens in between the characters who are already in your yeah. party. And right. it's a lot of it's randomized too. And it's like two thirds of the text was that. So well, and it's yeah. a lot. Look, judging from six, there's a lot of those lines. I mean, anytime mm. anything happens, people I mean, probably don't realize how much because you only see it for you. Limit you only see probably fifteen percent of it in your average playthrough yeah. because of the characters you choose to play as or whenever you choose to use it. But right. in six, for example. It was it was probably more than two thirds. It was like a, probably sixty or seventy percent, maybe seventy percent of the text was probably party chat, and then like the rest mm -hmm. is the is the main scenario, the so, less twenty five or thirty. Yeah, so you can see it's a t uh, purely budgetary issue. It's like okay, we're not sure how much the DS is going to sell. It's very like um, the cartridges don't allow that much profit. It's not like the uh, P you know, PS two titles level of um, profitability. So it's like just to be careful. Let's go into it and cut costs where we can. And that was one area where. Yeah, the dev team said, okay, if we can cut our translation costs two thirds and not like affect the quality that much, then right. that's the choice, and that's why mm. it went in there. And we fought very hard because we thought that it does, like that is where a lot of the characterization, the fun comes out. You play eight, there's a lot of hidden humor and there, dirty humor and stuff like that. That's where you can go crazy because not all users will see it, and it's like Easter eggs. People that hunt for it will get a laugh. Right, right, right. Um, well, here's and this is going into um, Dragon Quest six a little bit. Um, uh -oh. Uh, Hacker is Electrotal uh, with a K Lec, um, asks can you explain the name changes in Dragon Quest VI's English translation were the old ones too Arab <laughs> so terrorist, so, uh, what he's talking thing. about is uh, Hassan, Hassan's name was changed to Carver um, and actually so I, I don't know if was that something when you were around Carver basically that name and some of the other names in 6 were already established glossary before we even came on because they had appeared in previous titles I think in this case ironically that though uh, he was 9 was translated before 6 and they these characters show up in 9 so they had to decide some of those names already so it was already decided. It wasn't like, you know, Arab kids beat me up when I was a child or something. And, <laughs> yeah, and to, I mean, to, I'm joking about too, that that happened. That's yeah. just not why yeah. you changed No, the, truth, the <laughs> right. truth is, though, is that, um, you know, a lot of that stuff, um, the Japanese guys, when they're naming them, they're not thinking, they weren't thinking like he's an Arab character. They're just thinking, what sounds cool? Oh, this name sounds cool. I mean, he's a big white guy from Port Town. He's like not, you know... But was that something that yeah. you had anything to do um, with? Or? Well, actually, there's a few names that we did flag. But um, in fact, with, with Six, we weren't that worried about. It was just like, um, we were going with what we thought that we would have named it if we had gone forward. But like that, So some of the names back then were set with what we were planning. But um, yeah, we always try to leave them open. If we played eight, we weren't sure what we were going to call Tornico at the time. We had like both Tornico and Taloon. So we just I just said, let's make it his full name, Tornico Taloon. And... Um, Take so, both the old and yeah, the new and put them together. A bit of a wink to the old translations and um, still be uh, close to the Japanese. But like an interesting one is Yangus. His original name, wait for it, was Muhammad. So <laughs> really, yeah. really, in Japanese, Japanese. or in, oh, really? Before we even released it in Japanese, we we mm. once I'm not again even sure we can say that on this pod podcast. JJ, if anybody comes out after us, uh, JJ is the editor of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, his responsibility. What goes out over the airways? Yeah. Please don't. Do yeah. thing to our office. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's like you know, well, I've got plenty of friends called Mo, etc. It is a normal name when you take sure, it away sure. from the religious context. And you know, the, when Hori someone named it, I'm sure he wasn't thinking anything religious. Really, just thought it was a exactly, nice name. Exactly, exactly. Right. And um, mm -hmm. 
yeah. So at the time we thought, well, just be safe. Let's, yeah, we don't want to, even though it's a lovable character, etc. let's just, yeah, let's be safe there. And um, even in the Japanese version, they corrected. And that's why we made it the youngest. And that's why you got the characterization, gus, 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 when he laughs. We mm-hmm. tried to keep that in English. Didn't really work, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one of the things in Six going through as we were checking it is the different people laughing the different way. Right. Right. Like yeah. Well, there's all there's all kinds of stuff oh, like that. There's the wow. style guide that was left was uh, left behind to us, like we inherited it from like our forefathers. Was <laughs> incredibly detailed, and in fact, a lot of the stuff that we had to do in six, we had to. It's, it's sort of like reverse engineering, like an incredibly intricate puzzle because as much instruction as there was, there was also a lot of stuff that happened where there was no instruction left. And it was like, people made these changes and did these kinds of things in the previous games, right. and we had no idea why. So we had yeah. to basically just sort of... Actually, I, I did send like several emails to you over the course of the project, like, help me, like, what is this? And <laughs> yeah, and actually, you know, at the time I'm working at Blizzard, no longer associated with Square, so I couldn't really help much. But, you know, at the same time, it's my baby, and I want to make sure you guys had the information. So, yeah, it was a tough one, that one. Was like. <laughs> and we actually, people... So, uh, I guess this... Damn it, this is kind of a spoiler, too, so I can't say. But I will say that some of the people who worked on the previous games, 4 and 5, actually did help us out with 6 mm. in certain areas, but it's, it's so much later. So you can't even say why the biggest challenge of this project, can you? What the- uh, not really. I mean... On a really basic level, even in Nintendo's like basic advertisements, they're talking about a real world and a dream world, which is a kind of a spoiler, but it's in everything. So like, if you right. didn't know that, you probably don't even know or care about this game. But um, yeah, we did have we did approach both worlds with different like the the real world because it is the real world and it takes place in this trilogy. You know, the characters actually attempt to follow the British English style that was set in the previous games. It is toned down a little bit, which was our instructions, which was basically, I think everybody, you know, Nintendo's a publisher on this one, maybe they wanted it that way, I don't know, but was to tone it down a bit, so it's toned down a bit, but it is British English, whereas in the dream world, um, somebody likes posted about it I forget what they said but they completely oh they were like oh the real world is down under I get it they all speak Australian and it's like actually no it's, it's British it's not Australian <laughs> You're like, but uh, Americans yeah, don't know no, the difference that, or, you know. that's yeah. what we meant that's, that's, that's right. actually final <laughs> yeah that's Final Fantasy 13 is where they yeah the spirit world is down under so that's where they got Australian accents cause oh is that what it is okay yeah. well, there you go no um, but but no, with yeah. the dream world, it's more of a, actually the first town you're in, and we tried to follow that as well to make it easy for people to understand. But the first town is essentially inspired by like Alaska. Like they sound like Sarah Palin. They're like very American, <laughs> awesome. like, you know, yeah. you betcha, and, you know, already. Right. And, and that was very intentional because it wasn't the typical British uh, thing. But I won't go too into that because I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, but. but accents are always tough because you don't, particularly when you're writing accents rather than having them voiced out, is that you don't know how people are going to receive it. Like we were doing. Um, uh, for instance, in uh, six, it was I think um, I'm getting more mixed up. Oh, sorry, no, six in, is ours. No, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think which titles that we are putting Spanish accents. But um, for, I think in uh, five was the one that we. Um, oh right, uh, yeah, what's we had, his face? Uh, San- Sancho. Yeah, and yeah. Sancho comes from um, Don Quixote, um, and we were doing Castilian Spanish there because that's the characterization from the original novel but then you go online and read people's reactions and it's, this is so racist to Mexicans and we're like huh that's <laughs> Spanish from Spain nothing to do with Mexicans uh, we, we were like yeah so and he was a brilliantly context. written character I will say too I I laughed out loud a million times because he did sound genuine like you cannot not love that character like it was very authentic yeah same we tried without youngest and as well you can't not love youngest just the voice actor was perfect for that yeah actually. yeah he was great so I guess this is getting into we started to touch on this a little bit but um the uh, hacker alias blue eyed me 86 asks as a localizer translator for dragon quest 6 or any other project what kind of difficulties most commonly 
Arise. Like, what were the big ones specific to Dragon Quest for you guys? John, you, you handled most of six for us. Um, right. Jesus, uh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, what kind of difficulties? Well, I mean, this this project in particular, again, like for us, was the, it's a little different because, like I said, it was a legacy, right? This was the third game in a kind of a trilogy that had been done by other people. And the struggle, the main struggle for us was just keeping it up, right? We just had to basically do our best. They did a fantastic job in the previous games, you know, Richard and Plus Alpha and uh, Ali out in uh, in the UK with the editor. Um, you say, so you're saying, this is, sorry, I'm channeling Garnet, but you're saying there was a problem keeping it up? <laughs> oh, boy, yeah. That was sorry, I, I cut my teeth on one of yours that just occurs to me, and I can't not say it. And there was, when someone says Thailand, I have to say Thailand. Thailand. <laughs> Street Fighter parlance. I just, I, all right, and Speaking sorry. of, there was a four-hour One Up Yours, like, 2006 podcast that came. Somebody took all the best parts of 2006 One Up Yours and put really? it out. Like when Garnet um, said that Germans would, uh, what did he say about Viva Piñata? Like, Germans would, well, there's like a, <laughs> I'm not even going to repeat it, but it's extremely. Extremely horrible. All right, and, we're uh, getting anyway, way off topic. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think the biggest challenge for us with six, anyway, was that um, you know we had this big, um, we had big shoes to fill, and you know that was really hard to do. We had a, I think, tighter schedule than the kind of schedules you guys had because this was, you know, after much after the fact they decided to bring this out, and you know it was it was it was a it was a rough six months. I think mm-hmm. I aged about five years <laughs> in those six months, um, and I think that out. was the biggest thing. It's like you know we we. If we were doing it our own style, completely independently, we might have done some things differently just because, you know, it's our style. But mm. because we were not only trying to do a really great job in our own way, but also to kind of match what was done before, it was an incredible amount of work. So I painted you into a corner. <laughs> Sorry about that. But no, no. It's, <laughs> I've done it before. But Final it Fantasy benefit- Eleven as well, I did the same. Yeah. But, it, but it benefited. It was great at the same time. You know, it was, right. a, it was, a, it was a blessing and a curse. It was yeah. really awesome. I mean, I remember John, before we got it, talking about, because he would tell me about the Dragon Quest. I've never just been into the Dragon Quest games. I don't know why. I didn't play on the NES, mm-hmm. never been into them, and John was telling me about the um, localization. And what was the one about the the dwarf um, miner who fell off the cliff? His name was Cliff or something. Oh, oh right, uh, right, the stuff like that. In the yeah. very first, in the first, yeah. um, one of the first dungeons too, is a guy that was under a boulder, and you push the boulder. Yes. Off. Yeah. Rockefeller What was the one with the tower? The the is the count. Oh yes, up to count, count up, up to, to ten, 10 which and then is great. his wife is miscount, and yeah, right. yeah, and we had like an abbey was the, like the heavens above abbey, and it was like none of the above. And the nun was none of the above. Yeah. That was good. It was like, yeah, we, we just love to put jokes in there, and like a lot of the names you don't realize they're a joke until towards the end. Like Crispin Burns, it's a perfect set for what happens to the guy. <laughs> that's, but, that's right. But, right. That's right. Yeah, but we, this is the type of thing we just love to do. Uh, it was just people that are alert will just laugh their heads off when they realize what we had done. But yeah, mm-hmm. even the idea of Dragon Quest is that you just throw out the jokes as fast as possible and you might only have a 10% hitting like uh, average but then right. you know, sometimes you'll hit a home run and that's when people laugh you know that's the whole idea is right. just do that and they did stress that on us they were like oh you know they wanted puns they wanted alliteration so we did do a lot of that I hope we didn't overdo it in some cases but yeah there are, <laughs> there are a lot of that stuff one thing they didn't want it, mm-hmm. Right or um, it, according to that interview um, where is that interview oh yeah there was Radar uh, uh, it's talking it's about um, Puff Puff. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that was the one we always thought. Like, I want to keep it in because. So say what Puff before we okay. before we say for people who don't know Dragon Quest, what is? Oh, am I allowed to even say this on radio? Oh yeah, well you can explain. Well, you can say anything. I know it's it's perverted and dirty. No, well the people are going to be surprised that it was in Dragon Quest, but yes. Well, it comes from Toriyama's comic books. It's been in there before. It was actually in like um the original Dragon Ball, and it basically. 
it involves a man putting his face in women's chest area. Um, that's what a puff puff Which is. is turning red right now. Yeah. <laughs> and her kind of bouncing her boobs yeah. on his head. And that's where the puff puff comes in. But the um yeah it, it was funny and it's uh, yeah it's, it's these games are meant for kids it's it's rude but at the same time it's it's still it's not too dirty but in the west i guess yeah or particularly in america i don't think it's so big in europe uh, but in america it was looked as um it was taken the wrong way worse was that um in the old games too like uh, in dragon this is one that blew my mind was that uh dragon quest 4 the um, wife goes into a uh, prison cell to her that's husband right. and, and does a puff puff on him and that's how he remembers everything. He lost his me- memory <laughs> and that's how he remembers. And we had it perfectly translated. It's like, well, maybe these would jig your memory. And, I, <laughs> <laughs> and we went for it and they took that out and now it got sanitized to, oh, look at my wedding ring and oh, now I remember. It's like, uh, come on. Uh, yeah. uh, Dragon Quest Eight, we got away with puff puff and they actually showed it but they, it was It was trick. great how they did yeah, it. Yeah, I won't spoil it but, you know, they they. they try to give a hint at it should look at uh, you, there's a YouTube video right yeah I you yes, look me. it up on Dragon Quest 8 Puff Puff it's yeah, really funny you'll, you'll, you'll check yeah, it out we'll but, include a link in the show but sure, Puff Puff is it, yeah it's it's one of the main yeah one of the things in Dragon Quest that we wanted to keep like you know if I had still been in um, Square at the time I would have fought very hard to keep that because it was in 8 it's like why would we remove right. just because Nintendo's publishing there's it there's even a, uh, an ability called Puff Puff that's still called Puff Puff but you know I guess because it's not as explicit and you don't see anything happening it's okay to keep yeah well even mm. we're talking about dot pictures on right, the right. DS screen it's like how much can you imagine is going on in that and it's all like just text windows right but the one yeah. nice thing I, well, I don't know necessarily that it's nice but I guess the one interesting thing now is pretty much it's different in every game because like in 4 and 5 I believe it was treated differently 6 we they did the same thing with us like you can't have puff puff but Yo, so we, well, we basically did whatever we could to keep every is, if you're paying attention you should know what it is even though it's not puff puff yeah. right. mm-hmm. well the actual reason that we were told to remove it in 4 was that um, it, they thought that sh- in the prison cell, she was bending down on knees and giving him a different type of puff puff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why? And we're like, you wow. guys, how do you derive that from the little pixels? Yeah, it's like, yeah, but I mean, puff, more dirty minded than we are. It's like, come on, like yeah. we weren't thinking that. You took it too far. You know? I, I, I could see that though. I mean, puff yeah. puff, right, right, right. You know, but this is pretty common in every video game. You have it. Like you'll have like um, the ratings boards and the publishers will turn around. Like in um, the old Final Fantasy games, it was like you walk up to a sheep and you go poke poke, and that was like, oh, you know, you're poking. A sheep it's like oh, oh suddenly boy. it's like oh it's just like <laughs> wow it goes all different yeah you dirty know, minded you know? in the end too we got a t rating which is weird. this is the first one since eight that got a t rating so i'm surprised they still weren't well i guess at the point that it was it was already decided it wasn't going to be in and it still got rated t so whatever yeah. but mm. um so uh back to the questions yes. um we got just a couple more um uh, hacker alias Pito Hui, who's a friend of ours. Oh, Alex, yes. yes mm-hmm. Asks, what the hell is in the Karakani as Sarayim Best supposed to be? So Sarayim oh. Best, just, just for some background first. Best? Uh, Question uh, mark? Best is, the, is a red slime in the old, uh, well, maybe in the new ones too. Is it still a red slime? Or yeah, it's always an orange yeah. colored. Sort of, right. Yeah. It was, uh, but the Japanese, um, I guess, oh no, you cha- we, changed we changed it, it. to... She slime. She slime, yes. So, yeah, what happened well, there? Basically, it, we knew there was going to be male and female, but we didn't care. It was just that, um, you know, you have um, things like ladybugs and stuff like that, too. So the idea or the explanation is always that they think it's a female version of a slime, but they're not sure because, you know, how do you find out whether a slime's male or female? <laughs> so that, in the Dragon Quest Eight world, that's what the description was. It's like, um, yeah, we think it's a female slime, <laughs> question mark. But um, so that's why we call it she slime. But the idea between the, the best 
in Japanese could be Beth, like Elizabeth. It's Is that like, what it was? It was the idea. It's, That's it's kind all, of what he's asking, basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like basically Hori-san's mind like just takes things in and like you know, um, it sometimes it doesn't make like linguistic sense but in his image it sounds like it's a sort of female type sound so that's why we call it she slime and right yeah, best is just happens to be a female sounding in word he was in he was thinking elizabeth slime best probably yeah like you know, oh. once again he probably can't remember because he, <laughs> he doesn't take, keep notes as much as we would hope he did but, yeah. does a lot of drugs um so um last few questions how is andrew s how does it feel to be the guys from our website, 8-4-HGP? How does it feel to be the uh, guys and girls behind the very first and very official English translation of this Dragon Quest VI? That's a it's very... Like a back-patting question. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know why so that's how, printed on. How, how awesome, how awesome are we? Let's change that question to something um, else. Thanks for the question anyway. Um, <laughs> Oh, here's one. Uh, Hakarilla's Monkey 0111. Did A4 have any influence on the title change from oh. Realms of Reverie mm. to Realms of Revelation? It's a very good question, and uh, the answer is no. Uh, <laughs> so I, I believe, and I'm not, I, this isn't, I mean, uh, yes, it's on record because I'm saying it, but I actually don't know for sure what happened there, but I think that was a Nintendo thing. Yeah, I had I, a bunch of names listed. Like, I'd named the whole series. You named all of them, right? So, yeah, mm-hmm. you could go back and even say, like, even the original Dragon Quest, I was going to put a subtitle on it, The Return of the Dragon Warrior, as a sort of wink-wink mm-hmm. to both the storyline as well as the fact that, you know, it was originally called Dragon Warrior. Right, right. So, we, we had all the names sort of lined up. Um, I'm not sure if they'll ever use them, um, or if they're going to re-release those old titles in English again, but... Um, Hope so. Yeah, we had the whole naming system set up. And if you notice, the, the British English... Um, always has the so I'm surprised they didn't drop the number and put the realms of revelation but um, that was the, the originally we tried to keep it assonance in there too it's like all beat in there so right. the journey of the cursed king um, it, we were trying to keep it um, if, if you looked at all of the like all the subtitles actually we had lined up had the same number of beats and the mm, same hand sort of, of the yeah, heavenly bride and yeah the hand of the heavenly bride and um, you know uh, Chapters of the Chosen. Chosen ones, yeah. So, yeah, that's just kind of a side thing, but you mentioned that. So, this is really weird to me, but in the UK, these these DS games aren't numbered. Until 9, when Nintendo took over, they put the numbers back. So, in the UK, Dragon Quest 4 and 5 don't have the 4 and 5. It's like Harry Potter books. and yeah, But 6 books. has the 6. Well, actually, I don't know about the UK because it's not even announced yet, or it's mm. not out yet, but yeah, it's kind of a weird... Yeah, it's like, um, it, back then, it was like, we didn't even want to put the numbers on the American version, personally, because we put it... Like, you know, we were releasing eight. Right. It, ca- right. it came out of nowhere. It was my first Dragon Quest. Right. And I was like, well, I like eight, it. I okay, like sure. But, but I was wondering if yeah. there was any talk of doing the Final Fantasy thing, too, and oh, yeah, with the was. seven and going back <laughs> we, to five. We never, or... uh, yeah, we would not allow that because yeah. that was a headache and we don't want to repeat that mistake. But with, you know, I was, I was pushing very hard that we don't put numbers in and just keep it like Harry Potter books. People know which comes first and second and third in the series. Uh. And to be honest, they're not that connected to the fact that you need to know. So, it's pretty rare for video games, though for some reason right like it, it only it, there needs to be a space of i mean there doesn't need to be but generally unless there's been a space of 10 or you know so years people don't name something the original name again without a number yeah well it's um uh, like the way that the u.s marketing put it to me was like putting a number after it if you, particularly when you got like a, a big number like eight it's like it's eight in the series so it must be good to go this far to be li- you know this many in the series yeah i don't think anybody really yeah. thinks that way <laughs> that's, that's, one way to do, that's one way to look at it but i remember interestingly enough nintendo telling me not not related to dragon quest this is a few years ago that they were like not putting numbers on the mario games for example like mario mm-hmm. sunshine and mario because they thought that it was 
easier to sell them when they're not numbered because exactly. that's the thing. people that's think right. if I didn't play the last one, I'm right, right, whatever, right. you know. And it starts that's to get ridiculous. I mean, Final Fantasy now is like an exception, but it, it really starts to get ridiculous. And I think you see a lot of places like, you know, Call of Duty even, they kind of try to get rid of the number, you right. know, and they go to yeah. Modern Warfare. Right. So that to reset it, once it gets past three or four anymore in the game industry, yeah. they try to get rid of it one way or the other. Yeah, right. so the whole idea in the, in the in the UK was that they kept the, and so it was, um, but I even had them saying, oh, like in America, that you don't need the, like, you know, can you think of any successful titles have the, and I'm like, yeah, The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe, The Fellowship of the Ring, The Lord of the Rings, uh, the, and I just, like, listed <laughs> yeah. all of them, and it was like, oh, you know, but, you know, they were saying, but it would sell more if it was just Lord of Ring, you know, I'm like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you wanted it to be The Dragon Quest, you mean? No, no. Um, no, no, but the subtitle. <laughs> the subtitle. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's like the chapters of The Chosen one they want to be chapters sure. of chosen i see yeah, that's the yeah, type of thing yeah. but to bring it back though i think nintendo uh, made the change which is a uh, i don't even yeah well, what does publishers got the right to yeah, publish it whatever but, way but I, I i knew i know i did ask one friend at nintendo who wasn't involved in the situation but i just like why and he's like i don't know maybe because it sounds like scooby-doo he said like realms of river reef sounds like <laughs> ruby ruby do or whatever so. well, it's a big word really? but then hey <laughs> yeah. I, I think that you sh- you know like i i tend to use a lot of crazy words in the games i just think that they're like books kids should learn to expand their vocabulary and if it's coming from games it's coming from TV or it's coming from you know, novels there's some way it's got to be there and like okay they think that it's not going to sell because it's got a big word in it but kids got to learn this is how you get if you aim low or at what you're going at a lot of times yeah I think you go too low if you aim just a little bit higher I think that's when people really feel like you know they're not being insulted mm-hmm. yeah. so maybe this will inspire people to read the book of Revelation the end of the world yeah. <laughs> yeah. exciting on, stuff on that note it's um, all about the kids actually Monkey had another question which is how awesome is the English translation of Drag Quest 6 thank you very <laughs> so much for awesome. that question that's two people who basically <laughs> asked that question then um, I do hope people enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyway, um, I guess to to wrap up, um, any stuff? Um, is there other stuff that you wanted to hit, John? Or? Um, I, you know, I mean, I could talk about this for hours, so not right, especially um, <laughs> at our uh, hour time limit. <laughs> right. Do you want to talk at all about uh, about what you're doing next? You mentioned that you're no longer with. Uh, yeah, I just left Blizzard. Blizzard. Mm. Yeah, so at the end of last year, I uh, left Blizzard, and I'm I want to get back into translation myself in some way mm. I really miss the creative side like at Blizzard you can uh, just come out and ask if you want a job we, yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to beat around the bush I mean yeah. we can turn this into a desk and yeah, yeah. sure um, we'll give you our test I'm a bit expensive but you're enough to me yeah um, but after being away from translation for so long I'm a bit worried about whether I can get back into it and um, try and find my groove again but no, uh, so I've been looking for localization challenges that mm. are out there because there's there are a lot of companies in Japan that have great products. I'd love to. Yeah, you know, at Blizzard, I was running a department. It got to over 120 people. I was just managing people. I wasn't uh, really hands-on localization mm. anyway, and so I missed it. So I'm re- like, I'm looking for a company that's small enough that I can be on both the creative side but also build up a department again from scratch and so that's mm. where I'm, I'm currently cool. heading yeah, I'm looking for that type of challenge next awesome. and so yeah we'll see what happens there but um, maybe yeah um, I can't announce it yet but it's basically I've already decided where I'm going to go next and hopefully yeah next time we speak I can talk to you guys about that too awesome, awesome. Be great. Yeah. Yeah. and yeah. wherever that may be you know hopefully we'll work together and we'll, you'll be able to uh, send us all your great titles that need localization yeah <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Back to work together. (laughs) Completely. Don't say that part on the air. (laughs) Well, cool. Awesome. Thanks again for uh, for coming by. And yeah, Yeah. like you say, uh, whatever your next thing is, we definitely look forward to it. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back. Yeah. 
And you know what? We were going to give away some t-shirts. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and we did it. So yeah. I guess... Um, We'll figure out thanks. who of the sent in uh, the best questions. Yeah, uh-huh. thanks to our fine friends at Nintendo of America. They hooked yes. us up with a few, yeah, uh, I think five you. t-shirts. Um, those, uh, I, I'm assuming it's those Valenslime. We haven't see, seen them yet, those uh, Valenslime mm-hmm. t-shirts. And oh, the ones they gave away at the launch. Yes, uh, yes, very rare. Yeah. Um, Dragon Quest VI t-shirts. So um, we'll hook five of you guys up with them. How, how we're going to do that, we're not yet sure, but we'll yeah, figure we'll it out. Yeah, we'll go back over some of the questions we used and uh, figure them out. Sure. Yeah. Okay, great. Thanks again, Richard. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to speak to you guys, and yeah. Thank you. Good luck. All right. Okay, so that about does it for this episode of 8-4 Play. Um, Who wants to tell them where they can find us on the interwebs? The interwebs, 8-4.jp is our website. Um, uh, You can also find us on the forums, neogaf.com, oneup.com, Facebook. Look us up on Facebook. Like us because we want to be liked really badly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Twitter, 8-4 Play. Speaking of Twitter, uh, we have some contest winners to announce um you didn't think we were going to get to it but we did yep that's um, right now that we've broadcast our interview with richard we and we're all in the dragon questy mood um we have our uh yeah people that were going to get a very special t-shirt uh right from us so if you hear your name called send a tweet to uh sporsk s-p-r-s-k Yes, and let them know your... Well, I guess you guys will friend each other. You guys will work it out. Yeah. yeah direct Make message your address or whatever. But So, the winners in no particular order are Monkey0111. Uh, great question. Final Max Storm. Uh, Electrotal. Electrotal. That's how you do it. Um, Crash55118. And good friend of the show, Alex Frijoles. <laughs> All on Pito Hui. Um, yeah, please uh, send us your addresses. We'll get you your T-shirts. Claim your prize. Thanks for the question. How many was that? That was five. Was it? It was. If it wasn't, we keep one. We can all count. <laughs> okay. um, so yeah, that about does it for this episode. Uh, coming up, like we mentioned at the top of the show, Mr. Shane Bettenhausen, and as long as he doesn't flake, right? So he won't flake. Um, also, our special Resident Evil anniversary podcast. Start thinking of questions, please, and make them good ones. Um, nothing too hard or gotcha. Although we will have uh, our. Uh, Are we gonna have a quiz round? Expert. We should have a quiz round. A quiz round would be good. Yeah. But they, 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 if we're gonna do that, they need to be questions that are answerable. That are you know maybe tough but are possible. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um, anyway, start thinking of good questions and topics for us to talk about that, um, and we'll have more info on that in the coming weeks. Could probably call out a random document from any one of the like. Resident Evil games and Alice can read it on the spot live probably he probably has them memorized yeah. so. mm-hmm. we will see we will see well um, until then who wants to take us out or am I just going to choose somebody oh okay you, JJ uh, no no I wasn't uh, offering JJ <laughs> JJ, JJ, JJ it is volunteered. JJ sign us off in style
May the maker speed your steps, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like it. Well, anyway. <laughs> Whatever. People get tight when they laugh. When people laugh at um, Judaism, the way Christians get tight, the way Buddhists get tight. I get tight when people make jokes. Um, I call it the super sign philosophy, because this is literally how I've been living my life. So, with that said, you know, and and I just put it on my blog too. Like the song "High Hater" is high, and people are like embracing hate, not because I would never ever ever make a bagel joke about a Jewish person or make a Nazi joke. So you really shouldn't laugh at my beliefs or something. Even if it is something like, if you've been playing Sega all your life and you didn't see it as a religion, you can call me crazy if you want, but I'm not worshiping a video game. I'm just living my life a certain way. Now, Sonic means sound. Hedgehogs bury themselves underground. I'm Sonic the Hedgehog because I bury myself in the sound. Like, I, as you can see, I lived here, all right? I believe that God is a woman. Pink is the color of life because pink is the inside of a woman's womb and it took God, the woman, to create man to enter a woman in order to create life. And it comes full circle, like a Sonic the Hedgehog loop. That's it. And as far as, you know, zones and stuff, as long as you, people always say I'm zoning out, I'm going into my own zone, blah, blah, blah. As long as you stay in a positive zone, you can always beat the game. No matter what the game is, the game of life, this industry, the game of corporate, whatever. Like, everything is a game as long as you're having fun doing it. But there's always little robots that are in your way. And they are robots because that's all you're doing. You're just programmed to hurt me. And I'm Sonic, so I can either stand there and let you attack me. I can run from you, hit the spikes, and lose all that I have. I can fall into a pit and die, or I can just go to the end of the zone and free mine.